Let's try that again. Anonymous. We're here with Jesse Ewells. Brendan Black. And our guest today. Mike Juno, the wrestling expert. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have random musical escalades from Melee Todd. Yeah, she jumps in now and then. Ring card girl-esque. Hey, somebody sponsor us. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, the great seven that sponsor every single podcast on the internet. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. <laughs> Audible. Uh, uh, Ting. I have a lot of friends who like Ting. Ting. Ting in the States. That doesn't make you uncomfortable doing a podcast under a severed deer head, does it, Mike? A little bit. Really? Yeah. We'll put a ghost hood over it. A nice little ghost blanket. Do you have a scream mask? I'd be more comfortable if it had a scream mask. Did you ever see that great YouTube <laughs> clip where they put I... the scream mask on the goat? They're on a farm and they have a, a whole pen full of goats and they put a scream mask on the one goat to see as a social experiment. And oh, the other yeah, goats so get terrified, terrified of the scream mask. <laughs> and it, 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 the goat's trying to be loved. It's just like yeah. trying to walk back to its parents, and they're just running in terror. Yeah. And this that's one, good, you yeah. the old fucking executioner. Oh, that's too much. That's too much. We better have good topics. You've had all sorts of adventures. You're supposed to be the guest that comes in with the well, crazy stories just... about going to the jungle. and. Oh, let's, okay, just, uh, right. let's, let's establish a few talking points right now while I get high. Something to go, <laughs> to something to go down. So, did you guys start doing a podcast, or are you guys starting doing a podcast? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we've done four with varying levels of like audio quality, and now we've kind of worked the bugs out. So, we're going to do it every Tuesday. Yeah, okay, with cool. this setup and with this level of like ease, of, it was just the one at the AGO went so terribly because we thought it was recording through the mics, and it turned out to just be recording through. We got. We got an hour and a half. Your part sounds fine. So I'm probably huh. going to, we're just going to take like the back issues. And once we have like two or three really good ones, we'll add right. them as like the first four. So that when we start promoting right. it, there's like six or something yeah. already on the thing. For and sure. you've got an open invitation. You can come and yeah. hang out. And cool. I got, I'm working on my talking. Yeah. Talking, it's yeah. important. Yeah. I'm finding that like uh, when it comes to, you know, if we're directing stuff, right? The internet wants more content. It wants more updates. It, it doesn't want to wait like three months between music videos and stuff. So, no. I mean, if you look at uh, the existing podcast stuff, like Earwolf, and the regularity um, of just like some of them are every other day. Like Yo is this racist? I think is every other day, mm-hmm. which is think about coming up with two hours of content yeah. every single day, and it has to revolve around whether or not one specific thing is racist or not. <laughs> And it's is it Reggie Watts that's on uh, the the uh, television version of Comedy Bang Bang? Comedy yeah, he, Bang Bang. Because he he wrote all the songs on the actual podcast yeah. version. He's on every once in a while. He's a good guy to emulate. He's kind of doing the whole mixed media thing and moving yeah. around and having lots of new stuff all the time. I Getting just have a lot of attention. ideas. You know, you gotta get that. Not, are we on? Yeah, are we on? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just well, I'm, I started recording anyway, so that we don't have that weird thing where we. <laughs> the the house is haunted. Yeah, house, yeah. That's. <laughs> I'm sure a couple of people have died in this place. Think so? Oh, probably. Yeah. Something about tiny apartments always equals uh, overdoses. That's a frightening hallway leading up here, right? Yeah, sure. It's yeah. a rape hallway. Yeah. 
So what's the name of the podcast? To be determined. You said I, you wanted it to be Idea Grave. Yeah, I like the Idea Grave just because I already. But is it the, uh, is it the Idea Grave? We're going to talk about dead ideas. No. So there, there is call. no there is no theme. It's a hangout. Well, Themes are stupid. I don't think that's true. Maybe yeah, I think maybe, everything needs a direction. Yeah. See, this is the this is the the conversation we were having before, where he he's really adamant about starting, just going, and then releasing that kind of unabridged. Where I feel like there's just natural lulls in conversation in between topics. But we've done four out. so far, and I've listened back to them. I'm like, it's good. It's all you need because the thing about like edited um, focus podcasts, like if you compare it to stuff we learned, you missed in history class, for instance, okay. where it's like an edited 35 minute tight scripted show. That's that's a genre of podcast, but there's other right. genres of podcasts like Joe Rogan's thing right. where it's conversational. you have a conversational thing and it's for people who are doing something else while they're listening to right. it. But they're right? definitely, and that's what I want to do. They're establishing theme and talking points before they start. Like they're not, not just really. jumping in. Oh, no, no, like, no, 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 no. You, it's not scripted. If you see, if you see stuff like uh, that's not calling it scripted, but like uh, it's I'd, script. It's a just making sure we have an idea of where we're going in an hour. Well, at, there, there's a ballpark um, conversational zone based on who the the guest is, just naturally. Right. <laughs> that's all. Wrestling, that's DJing, all are the two. We can. I've always like you can talk about wrestling all day long. <laughs> Uh, Could. I, I've always wanted to, you know, have a wrestling podcast. That'd be badass. Okay, let's but the, the the problem with wrestling podcasts is there's too many. So yeah. every every schlub has a wrestling podcast. And I and also don't know anything think. about wrestling past like 1995. That's okay. Like he knows that. he knows the whole history, so you can talk about 1995. Do you still do you, do you still watch? Uh, I. I watch the like the big stuff, but I read every day. Like so, like I read the results, oh, but I don't watch the crazy. programming. Yeah. <clears throat> so I watch it's it. Just like a bracket thing for you, then. It's like a just bracketing for you. Just like who won? Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. need you don't need to know the soap opera drama. I read a little bit anymore. about it if it's the characters that I like. I'll read their stories, but uh, I just pay attention yet yeah, to the to the main stuff going on. I handled Game of Thrones like that. I was right. I couldn't handle not knowing what was going to happen, so I went on the wiki and I just. Went through the entire lore. Yeah, right now I know whatever. Yeah, so did I. All the I haven't read. A, I haven't read out. a word of any of those books, and I feel like I probably know more about the books than some of the people who have read through them. Like I've read more detailed breakdowns and like, right. uh, you know, essays, collaborating all these pieces of evidence that I probably know more about, like how the books actually play yeah. out than someone who's. Reading and my friend Ilya tried to get through the books. I think he did three of them. He gave him a chance. He said they were terrible. And he recommended doing exactly what we did. Where just, just wait like for the show. You, watch the show and go on the wiki if you want to know background details right. that weren't of covered. characters. Yeah. I haven't watched... I think I've watched like the intro of that show once, ah! but I was just too much. I couldn't... Like, it I is, can't get into stuff like that. And, and to, be, to be completely fair, I fucking hate fantasy stuff. Yeah. Like, I've, growing up, stuff like Lord of the Rings and just anything that was like super wizardy, with the exception of like Discworld, Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, right. which is like all comedy i couldn't get into fantasy and so i stayed away when this guy started watching game of thrones in the house i was just like no no way he protested but he's like i will never watch that show i was right. adamant i didn't think i was ever gonna watch it and then i i got caught in the second season some other roommates were watching it in the living room and i started watching a couple episodes and just fucking out of nowhere was it the costumes no it just like uh, the dragons no it has nothing to do with the actual like that sort of 
The dragons are such a small part of it. It's oh, they're maybe in tiny. three episodes out of yeah. the. Oh, jeez, that's crappy. Why don't you watch a good dragon show? Because <laughs> it's, it's like about it's about Peter Dinklage being fucking hilarious, like just a, is that the midget? Yeah, right. Being in charge and like all these character actors who are just—it's just better than any kind of period piece I've ever seen before. Is it funny? It has definitely funny moments. It has really, like, uncomfortable moments. It's a super broad range. Like, I would really, like, liken it to something like The Sopranos. Yeah, it's similar similar to The Sopranos. It's like Kings and Queens Sopranos. But is it like a... Close to The Sopranos and Lord of the Rings. Close to The Sopranos because the heel is the protagonist? Like, the main guy's a villain, but he's also the hero? Everyone in the world is is technically a villain in in some light. And there's, like, you know, all this sort of, like, ambiguous ground about whether or not this god or that god is um is bad to pray to or is evil right. um yeah they introduce this whole concept of like this red god who loves death but it's never really truly established whether or not like the things that he does are how like, many seasons are in this show three and the fourth one's coming up wow. next next week so it's still early in it so this deep yeah and it's it's only he hasn't even finished the fifth book it's like a seven book series or something like and that. and everyone's hoping that he'll he'll hustle through it because he doesn't he's, look like he's in the greatest hell he's oh, yeah. getting close to close to the end <laughs> That's scary. so i feel like he should just outline how the story's going to end just in case and put that down paper. right yeah maybe right backwards idea. from the ending for a little while yeah 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 for real you know, like like they ha- the way they handle movies yeah so just in case maybe someone else can kind of fill the gaps in like a faithful I mean, uh, Lovecraft had a weird study uh, that after he died, he just took on writing under Lovecraft's name until he was ousted as an imposter and then (laughs) just wrote under his own name. And uh, I think it's Augusta Derelith is his name. And yeah, he's written stuff that's pretty much on par and considered as part of the Lovecraftian uh, mythos. Who else did that? That reminds me of Tolkien's son writing this, finishing like the Silmarillion just to like, which is why it's not good. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a, it's a weird kind of thing to inherit your father's work. Try and finish something that's Mm. not done. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know who else did that? Danny Harrison, George Harrison's son um, got a hold of his dad's last record Uh and finished. No, it's not bad. It's actually, he did a pretty good job. (laughs) I think it was dad. really close to being done, and he's also like a weird clone of his dad. Mm. He looks more like he was made in a petri dish than in a body. Oh Jesus! Like, yeah, he looks exactly like George Harrison, and he like plays guitar and sings like him. It's just fucking eerie. He has strong seed. That yeah, one, the seed is strong. <laughs> in yeah. Harrison. They uh they ran into that problem with that new Hunger Games movie, like because uh, Phil Hoffman died. Oh yeah, and he was he's one of the main characters that they were building up to this epic conclusion where he does a special speech or something at the end and they didn't record that part oh, no. <laughs> they're missing a, a piece <laughs> so they're saying now they're gonna have to do the the, the crow trick where they kind of cgi a version of really get him that's gonna uh, happen to a bunch yeah. this year because there's that fast and the furious movie that's coming out and paul yeah. walker just wrapped his car around a tree or whatever yeah and they're like gonna cgi him into this fast and furious movie because he already filmed a bunch of it and they're gonna like it's a huge franchise seven movies isn't yeah. jesse pinkman taking over that guy no that's part? it that's no, it's different need for speed that's yeah. the adaptation of the game need for speed to the movie screen what the yeah, hell? which never had a proper singular storyline, as far as I can remember. It's just about it's a recognizable name. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they're everybody's a... heard of Need for <clears throat> Speed when they go to the movies. Like, what movies should we see? Oh, I used to play Need for Speed. Oh, oh let's speed. go see that, that one. That game was sick. Yeah, yeah. 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 Aaron Paul. Oh, I love that guy. Bitch, <laughs> 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 Will he say bitch? Yeah. Oh, he probably. I feel like 
He has, he has to have it in his contract not to say. No, that. I disagree. It's going to be like Christopher Lloyd. Like he has to say "Great Scott" in everything that <laughs> in he's every, in. Every yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, he, did he Scott in that Christopher Lloyd movie that you worked on? Did he say "Great Scott"? Uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I know that <laughs> they just he, read it. Never. It was did. actually the second movie he did with that writer director, and in the first one, he definitely said "Great Scott." Jesus, oh they've they've hit that horse on the head before, so they'll do it again. But I guess what's Christopher Lloyd gonna do? That's that's all the cards that he's got. Well, to now play. he's uh, he's participating in in just trolling the internet. He made that like hoverboard video. Yeah, the real hoverboard. <laughs> and so many. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, obviously this is the fakest thing. And it's really nice to think that you'd have hoverboards, but just stop and think for two seconds, and you'd realize that there's no way that this technology exists yet. You could do it for a short track, like you know how they make the trains levitate. You yeah. could use the same thing. But it was the video was like Tony Hawk, like flipping around. Yeah, on it. exactly. Oh, and it had no. it had all. But don't of- you couldn't get Tony Hawk if it was total phony. There's, like, how much would you have to pay Tony Hawk to lend his name to anything? Oh, I mean, he that guy's not doing anything anymore. Like, now that his skateboarding career is... All the more reason why he doesn't need to do anything. What, right. How do you get him to show up? Do you think he made a... I mean, he's probably made a decent amount of money on, like, his name. But it's... The Tony Hawk video game franchise? That guy yeah, like, yeah, must be a billionaire. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. yeah. And he's Was got he a own. producer in that, or did he just get a license for his name? Uh, I'm sure he was involved, yeah. Oh, I'm sure yeah, he was involved seems... in keeping it relevant and cool. Putting his friends in it. Yeah. Mm. His kids are probably in it now. Yeah. You, oh, are you still into that game, or have you moved Tony, no, I don't play games anymore. Yeah, that was Kyle's yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I would like to play the new UFC game. I'd like to buy a PS4 <laughs> and the UFC game. <laughs> we, t- we put it on uh, like it five, spring. Uh, for five seconds at somebody's house. I don't know if it was yours or, or Dean's, but it was like nobody could get the controllers to work, and it just ended up being these two naked guys going like, what is what is the appeal for you for UFC? Let's go for the choke. Uh, it's like the most pure way for athletes to compete. I think, you think so? in like combat. Okay, but it's so direct, and there's yeah. very few rules. There's so right. it's it's evolved into kind of the way the best way to fight somebody. It is just like gladiatorial, because like in gladiator days, it would have just been like two people with like you know. Their own fighting style. Except like, they they have a history of martial arts that they're all drawing from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're constantly trying to evolve what the the best way is to take somebody down and to to knock them out and stuff. So it's, one of the one of the things that I kind of don't like about it, um, whereas I would prefer something like boxing over it, is that uh, it just has that that weird. And I guess it wasn't always a part of it, but it has that weird like aggressive douchiness where it's like not just these two athletes competing against each other it always has to be this like these two blood enemies tear each other <laughs> limb from limb in well, the ring it's like this like wrestling stuff but they actually they do that like only as much as necessary they really t- don't it's overdo it a little bit tongue-in-cheek like yeah. they they're totally just taking from wwe but e- to... like they've brought it down so much less, like because I mean when that they first started doing that like the Ultimate Warrior, what was that? That was that's what the show Ultimate was called, Fighter. Ultimate Fighter, yeah. yeah that's so um, and it was just really like over the top like reality show douche. But, like they got the worst guy, like the guy that would be the antagonist on any reality show. They got <laughs> fifteen of them and put them in living in a house together, and it just the seemed... Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah. What you're talking about. yeah, and I sort of got this like weird impression that because those guys were moving up out of the ranks of. Mm this reality show and moving into the actual UFC thing, I was seeing more and more and more of this like weird, just like jock 
douchebaggery where they would actually that follows around every culture yeah they didn't really respect each other whereas like you know you see a lot of boxers the odd time you watch a UFC fight and the guys get up and they hug and they like hug yeah it happens pretty much most of the time and most of the time things have changed and gotten better since last time I watched uh, if you listen to Joe Rogan's show he interviews a lot of the fighters yeah and it's it's like Chael Sonnen right like he's kind of playing a character right he's kind of well, to... beyond that, like there's, it's such, it's become such a wide thing. Like there's not just, they don't just do like a guy who understands it, a Chael Sonnen character who knows that he has to portray either the good guy or the bad guy to sell the most pay-per-views. But there's just all the, like what interests me about it is these people train so fucking hard mm-hmm. in all yeah. these different, different disciplines and they put their bodies through so much. And they get used up really quickly. And they get used up, well, I guess it depends. Like it's a lot of luck. So is... it, it depends on a lot of luck. If yeah. you get hit, really badly you know you can't keep going but a lot of the guys they know how to protect themselves and they don't get that injured mm-hmm. even like like well obviously Silva is a huge exception since he took so little damage and his career went long but Randy Couture got the shit kicked out of him a long time and fought mm-hmm. until he was nearly 50 that's true yeah and then you, th- you look at the old really old school guys like Tank Abbott who just kept on receiving beatings like well into their their retirement years like it just seemed like he was fighting when he had no will left to fight and they were just throwing him into these fights to get his head pounded by people he ended up yeah doing that sort of style uh for too long but i like the level of competition that he was facing yeah aren't really guys are going to do him too much damage like, yeah you know he's going there against other tomato can sort big, of fighters big fat fuckers yeah, yeah. so he wasn't in that much danger uh yeah compared to someone who could really you know fuck you up Somebody he was just getting punched in the head and yeah. falling over and looking like a drunk, you know, which isn't <laughs> yeah. as bad. as Ken Shamrock and his brief stint in uh, in the UFC, um, he like left wrestling and went to the UFC, or the other way around. Like I forget what it was, but Ken Shamrock. Well, he was practicing before UFC. He was doing pancreas in Japan, which is like an early. Uh, it's like Pride, right? Uh, before that, Even it was like Pride, eh? a mix of MMA and pro wrestling. Like I think they'd go into it knowing who was going to go over, but the they would pretty much go at it full steam until, you know, the end. Um, and then UFC started and he did that. And then, yeah, he left that to do WWE for like a while. Mm, he had like yeah. a good three-year run and then tried to go back to UFC, but he didn't have it Yeah, anymore. I remember him going back, uh, quitting wrestling and going back and really not doing well yeah, no, at all. He like fought Tito Ortiz uh, a couple times and just embarrassed himself. Yeah. I think that's, you can turn that off or put it out. To the side. Very unprofessional. Mo- somebody's mom is calling. Yeah, my mom's, mom's calling. Gone. Oh, okay, there she it's goes. Over. Bye, yeah. mom. Sorry. Dinner's ready. You're going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. We started late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's, that's part of the appeal. For me, um, the thing I dug about it was UFC has just got it's, – it's found it's like color commentator guys that are like yeah. perfect level of enthusiasm for mm-hmm. the show. It's got and explain things the, so well. Yeah, you feel like you're it's you're learning mm-hmm. while you're watching. Oh, I love the you pride. Feel like, you feel like you could probably. Right, it's not better. as much screaming and just hollering. screaming. It <laughs> sounds like a soccer match. They're just like oh, it just and it flurries of fists and just the most intense screaming yeah. you've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I I think that's just like everybody in the crowd is so like over the top pumped up. Mm-hmm. Just how crazy it is. Oh. Yeah, I guess I haven't watched the UFC in a, a while, but my mom 
interestingly enough, is really into it these days. Whoa. She, I mean, when growing up, she was uh, through and through just, you know, watched Coronation Street and listened to the Beatles and, like, Big Wreck. It was probably the edgiest she ever got was when she listened <laughs> to that Big Wreck album. I love that song. Yeah, and now uh, <laughs> after, after, you know, being with my stepdad for so long, she rubbed off on him a lot. But the thing that she has seemed to absorb is a crazy frothing at the mouth love for UFC where like she just wants to buy a bigger TV so she can see more like damage. And like she goes out to bars because she just wants to watch. Yeah, they have the biggest TV that I've ever seen. And they keep talking like, oh, that bigger one's coming out next year. And they just keep buying a new one because that's like their whole entertainment budget for the year. Just buying the bigger. Yeah. That's what life's about. Bigger TV. They're gonna run out of wall space eventually. Internet. They live in an apartment. There's only so much fucking wall space for this big 60, 70 inch TV. There's, a, there's an interesting uh, evolution going on with suburban housewives. They're watching UFC on giant plasma televisions and they're reading Fifty Shades of Grey. That's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We Showing keep, the weird you know, under, you, underside. You poke something with a stick long enough, you know, it's gonna turn on you <laughs> yeah. and start getting what it really wants. You know? Yeah, it, it was it was a complete shock to me. Because like I I maybe just been away long enough that I didn't notice, uh, I just didn't notice my mom becoming a a fan of UFC. But then one Christmas I went back and it was all that was on the TV. We have I have young nieces and they're you know kind of hanging around opening their Christmas present in the background. People getting beaten to a bloody pulp. It's good to learn. Uh, <laughs> it's like self defense should be instilled in our elementary school system. People just start training jujitsu and wrestling before they do volleyball and fucking basketball. If you ask me. Yeah, it gives them discipline and and stuff, and just helps get rid of aggression. And... Yeah, basic defense skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of the Hendricks fight? Oh, what a great fight! What that was it's, crazy. Yeah, it's so fun watching classics in the making, uh, knowing you're like, you, oh man, I could watch this again right away. Yeah, uh, and just again, like f- feeling like the ride of the fight was perfect because as soon as Hendricks got that takedown in the in the fifth round, Evan was like, holy fuck, he just did it! Yeah. Like that was probably the most important takedown in UFC history. Yeah. Uh, because the fight was so close up until that one deciding point. Did you, you did you hear that Lawler thing on Joe Rogan's show where they were talking about him not sparring, like he doesn't do head sparring, oh, head, head cool. attacks, and they were saying it's leading to his longevity. And I was like, Jesus, he must be onto something because he had more gas in the tank and he yeah. should have been able to finish him. But fucking Hendricks just kept on coming back. Like he seemed to be out on his feet, but yeah, he was just going on true. instinct and yeah. still throwing. Yeah. UFC play by play with Jesse and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was amazing. It for like a fight like that uh, is perfect for someone who's like, what is this UFC stuff about? You put on that. It's twenty five minutes, and by the end, you'd be like, holy fuck, I get it. Yeah. Because it's just like a, yeah, perfect display of why you would enjoy something like that. Like the guys are respectful. Uh, it's nobody gets beat up there's no blood it's not too violent but you get like a basic understanding of takedowns and striking Hendricks i don't think was pretty was pretty, pretty bloody by the end was it, was it very bloody i don't know yeah remember. his whole his whole left eye was swollen and oh, do you guys yeah. thirst for blood in those fights do you like do you get excited when blood starts coming out of people Millie Todd cameo. Millie Todd. I Bang saw that pancake. The, pancake. the mystery pancake. Oh, I made that for her a long time ago. Oh, really? oh, she's just getting around to eating it. She's excited about it. I just like a good competition. I like seeing a good match. Yeah. Uh, and often blood makes things exciting. Yeah. Coming from the pro yeah, wrestler. That's, that's programmed too, into your, like, There wasn't your a ton of blood brain. in yeah. the Del Santos uh, 
Cain Velasquez fight. The third one? Yeah. Uh, like I remember beat, them being really bloody. He beat uh, Velasquez up a lot, and then in the very last round, I think he was bleeding a bit, but it was mostly bruises. Like he was yeah. really swollen. And There's this great gif uh, you can see of Dos Santos' face in between, or at the beginning of each round, and he just like turns into Quasimodo. <sighs> yeah, it's like a handsome model Brazilian guy into Quasimodo. In you get excited minutes. about many Pacquiao fights, though. Oh right? yeah, many Pacquiao. I'm, I'm a big boxing fan, and then there, I mean even Pride fighting, I I really enjoy. Like my favorite fight that I think I've ever seen was a uh, um, a fight between a dude named Don Fry. Who's like a just crazy? He looks like a GI Joe, yeah. like a fucking giant <laughs> six foot GI Joe. One of the Joe. best mustaches. Yeah, the best yeah. mustache I've ever seen. He yeah. looks like he looks like a fucking jacked Freddie Mercury, like Freddie Mercury yeah, that's gonna true. fuck you up. And it's him, him fighting in Pride against this uh, this Japanese guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, I think it's Tanaka, but I can't, I can't remember. But it just from the opening punch is the two of them that they both just decide not to block or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that was before the fight. They decide, oh, let's not try it, and block. Yeah, it let's goes in the cartoon line. They just one guy is yeah. holding the one guy's cup, and they're just yeah, not even that. They are forth. they are strategically back and forth, just left and right, going like, through each other's like punches, just in the face, over and over and over and over. And it like it gets into a couple squabbles on the ground, but for the most part, it's just Don Fry punching, Rock em, sock em robots. Just punching yeah. him in the face as hard as he can. And at the end of it, Don Fry looks like he's like fret, mint out of the box, G.I. Joe still. And this guy looks like he has a fucking like cauliflower face. Like yeah. everything is wrong with the geometry of his face and it's all covered in this like horrible bruise and blood. According to Sun and Pride did use to like throw fights in instances like that. They'd have like Don Fry, the poster boy, versus some other guy. Stupid. And then they'd pay the other guy an extra fifteen grand or whatever. He's like, Go in there, stand up for, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes <laughs> yeah. and get your ass. See how long you throw you can, it. See okay, how long yeah. you can stay conscious while Don Fry beats your skull. Yeah. <laughs> Not very long. I, bet it, I, I, I totally think that the UFC has definitely desensitized me a bit to violence because I remember seeing those Kimbo Slice uh, videos backyard when I was in fights. college. They had the backyard stuff, and I was like, this is too intense. Right. You know, I would that I would walk crazy. away from like the video and say, like, I don't want to see these, these two like poor people beating but the crap he, out of each yeah. other. He ended up having nothing. He yeah. was a backyard fighter, and he got into a league that was like UFC, and he fought a bunch of people and got his ass kicked. He turned out to be just a big bulky guy. With well, no he never skill. really, he never really got his ass kicked. He just didn't kick anyone's ass. Yeah, he did the opposite. Yeah, uh, like he just couldn't learn how to like uh, do more than box, I guess. Or once your like once your competition level goes up, all of a sudden you're just a regular. Well, dude. they yeah. you know people would go against him and they would just immediately throw him to the ground and then exactly. he didn't yeah. know what to. to the never... one fight I actually think is was fixed in the history of UFC. Yeah. Is uh, Kimbo Slice versus Houston Alexander? Mm. It was Kimbo's last fight in the UFC. You and won. Did he win? I think he lost, but it was just that like was bad. two guys who were booked as being like total slugfest brawlers. Yeah, and they just didn't brawl. They just didn't exchange to the point where they were trying to win. So I felt mm. like they before were like, "Listen, like I respect you, buddy. Like I respect you too. Like all right, let's fucking make a payday here and we'll hump it out. Yeah, hump it out for the you know, title. That's, that's the only time. That's the only time it's happened. You think? Uh, no, there's Rashad Evans, John Jones. I think was worked fight as well. Mm. Uh, and 
I'm sure there's a few others. You would be the perfect person to to uh, <laughs> study that because I don't think that there's a whole lot of crossover between WWE and UFC. As in fans? Yeah. I've, there's probably less and less every day. Mm. You know? uh, I feel like, I, for the most part, the major demographic of the WWE, WWF has always been in that like 8 to 14 that's when it, that's when it's most fun. Like when you believe that it's real. Yeah. When you're a little and then kid, there's, it's sure, way better. Yeah. There's always a resurgence. Yeah. It seems that somewhere in your 20s, maybe your 30s, uh, everyone kind of gets back into it. I have a lot of friends who, uh, who just kind of like out of the woodworks all together decided to, like WWF was the coolest thing ever again, and like went to Monday Night Raw. It's, I think it, it's just so crazy when you start to you get past the level where you know it's all rigged and stuff, and then you start focusing in on the story arcs. And what I found interesting was you watch it at arm's distance for a number of years, and you see like what Vince McMahon is teaching kids. How like you have this even flow of like yin yang good evil back and forth so weird and that's yeah. kind of like the sine wave of the world this weird <laughs> thing that's going on like that's over a, gen- decades and decades of like villains rising and heroes falling and stuff it's a it's a uh, a deeper kind of story than something like star wars for instance right. like there's very few kids things where the villain comes back and is in power yeah. for a while. And, and all of a sudden he's your favorite guy because he fought so hard last time and now you respect him and mm-hmm. the villain becomes a face and then he's that way for a couple of years and he turns on you again. It's like, oh, that was just a trick. Like, now I'm an asshole again. Yeah. Uh, you learn not to amazing. trust anybody. It's very, yeah. it, it's you very close to people are two-faced yeah. snakes. It's like, sometimes. you know, sometimes, but sometimes they're not. Like, yeah. sometimes they're your best friend. You learn that you can't, I mean, it f- feels like Vince McMahon really doesn't trust women. <laughs> it is with many of his storylines. Yeah. It's all about how you just can't trust women and how women they just. But he had a bad divorce, us. right? Vince, no, he's one of the guys who's been with Linda, Linda McMahon yeah. forever. Oh, yeah. Okay, which oh, is always interesting. Like fucking crazy but, uh, rich. So it was fake on the show or something. They were he divorced. Had, like, on, a fake divorce. They, uh, yeah, I think okay, they okay. were separated on TV, and it, Linda was in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> Linda was in a coma, just, and they literally so wheeled opera. her coma in a like in a wheelchair, <laughs> took her out on TV, and for her to just like sit there, recycled, recycled soap opera plots oh definitely throughout the history has always just been like you could watch this and then watch like days of our lives and find like the same stuff my my mom used to watch young and the restless every week when i got back from school and um it was on right before batman the animated series so i would watch it with my mom different channel of course no on global really yeah global channel three it was one of the only stations i could get on my little black and white television and um it was so bizarre to like see that kind of in the background for 10 years or something. Cause like they have characters that they introduce as someone's child right. and then they'll go away to school for a, a year or a summer and they come back and they're like a 20 year old man. Yeah. Uh, different actor. The characters are in the story I've never, ever watched and moving any. around and in and out through the plot to the point where you forget, Oh, aren't you so-and-so's kid? Cause now you're the same age and now <laughs> he's dating the the guy the the person that used to be their father you know i don't think anybody's That's, keeping track of these timelines well no these i think I, actually i think the opposite i think they're keeping like crazy track of it and i think like that's the point it's supposed to be this insane <laughs> incestuous okay so like coronation saga. street coronation street's one of the longest running dramas uh, like on and they've the had planet. multiple characters die in the production. Yeah. And, and they just go like, oh, Sarah Sarah's funeral is this week. I yeah. all go to Pablo to love. And there's there's stuff like, you know, 
they're trying to like kind of trick you where like there is a one storyline where like a woman is really a man but then like a few seasons later they're trying to get pregnant <laughs> like the woman who used to be a man is trying to get pregnant they're maybe like kind of trying to figure out whether or not you're paying attention yeah toss you those curveballs that's balls. exactly what i'm saying and if we had an expert on the soap operas they could probably tell us oh, oh no no God. no you're misunderstanding the plot and things yeah. but from my point of view and yeah i remember that Cor- coronation street my she's, mom watched it she's every marrying, single week she's, she's marrying that uh, schlub that yeah the kind of awkward looking yeah. dude and then uh the ricky gervais he looks like ricky gervais yeah. in that new show yeah and yeah, uh, she's like a, a man and then he finds out, but then they get married anyways. But then I'm pretty sure years later I was watching it with my mom and like the plot was that she was trying to get pregnant or something that just really did not coincide with the, you know, her being a man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she was somewhere in between, you know, yeah. she just kind of had a, I'm had sure nonsense. The, I think the best thing about there. getting married, uh, and like wanting to have a kid would be the trying part. Even if you couldn't have a kid, I think it would still be fun to try. Just try. Yeah. Just, you know, just balls to the wall. You know, no worries. Just no extra regrets. fertile. She yeah. could do that that kind of denial thing where she just wears increasingly bigger pillows underneath her shirt and pretends she's pregnant. And then yeah. while they process the adoption papers and then she could pretend to go to the hospital and bring it home and go... Yeah. Say it I'm sure the ruse has been done before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's been done before. But there you go. You got to uh, get your next film. Yeah, all right. Let's yeah. take over Coronation Street. Yeah. And do a Toronto version. It's popular enough over here. I don't know why they don't have a, oh, I mean, a, that's, a Canadian I mean, version. They they sort of do, right? I'm sure there's all sorts of shows that we don't watch that are on during the day. Riverdale. Know, but yeah, just something. Yeah. Like, Riverdale. That, there's, there's a show about the fucking Go Train. Oh, uh, Train 48. Right. Yeah. That that was on, it, it was on the radio and then it, it had a TV well? show. Oh, um, for it was on for like seasons. I remember seeing the commercials yeah, a lot. Yeah, up, I've I actually, watched I, I watched it one time because a friend of mine was on it was like on had a it. bit part ah! and uh and i noticed like when i was watching it there was all these sort of like old canadian actors from Colin mockery's just like sitting in the back <laughs> just Colin mockery reading his newspaper i need to get one line the yeah. devil's advocate in my contract in there and it's in my contract i get one line and one tim horton's coffee <laughs> um oh, i didn't like i remember seeing those commercials on a kid and I was on the go train last week and I thought about that show being like, this show must have been boring as fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Degrassi. We were not even yeah. thinking. Like, Degrassi is the basically the Canadian fucking soap opera. Yeah, I s- I've never watched Degrassi. Have you either. seen the uh, the Kroll show parody of this? Uh, there's Kroll, this uh, TV show, The Kroll Show, Nick Kroll Show. Um, he's doing this Wheels Ontario skit, like a recurring th- thing. Okay. It's all about. Uh, the only abled kid in an all disabled high school, but that's only the setting. It, the real joke is that it's like this crazy satire on Canada, right. and just how like overly pl- it's that like overly PC. polite like standard, yeah. the PC. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It's funny. really really funny. I love. I just love that. Um, that that's this Canadian stereotype. Like weird simplicity and politeness. Like in yeah. the South Park game, you go to Canada and it goes back to being eight bit. Like, it's all, like, fancy graphics <laughs> oh, when you're in America. But the second you walk over the border into Canada, it's 8-bit. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, spoilers, anyone who hasn't beaten the game. But, uh, yeah, I just, I love that that's our, our stereotype. It's this weird, like, sim- simple folk, like, that's simplicity, good. polite people. I hope it stays that way. Like, Stephen Harper's working pretty hard to, to change it all that up. image. So. Well, Rob Ford's working hard to do the opposite, to keep it that way. <laughs> so. Our mayor is a, the biggest joke. Like such a huge 
just comedy gold. Everything he says and does. But also, it's fucking dark, man. Yeah, like, he's was... being... This is the second major police investigation around his yeah. behavior. Oh, yeah, I mean... He allegedly beat... Had, hired like a hit they beat the living hell out of he the, probably did the jail yeah yeah which yeah he, and, uh, he got they're examining that that cryptic video where he's swearing and yelling about birds it's which amazing. are police informants by yeah, the way yeah. if you don't get the that video is amazing lingo. as and soon as i saw arguing it now that he was just getting amped up for yeah. the hulk hogan arm sure. wrestle yeah the interesting thing, thing is when i watched gonna... that that was the first thing i thought because right. he is talking like a wrestler and yeah like, he's and totally he's performing his up and yeah. just, oh just give me three minutes brother i think he says yeah. brother like four or five yeah times, he does yeah. which is a hulk hogan thing yeah. right just I, when i, I first know. saw that i thought because they're is talking just taking out of context it sounds like they're speaking more like a ufc kind of thing he's uh, he's he very he's very stripped down or whatever no it's true he says some more controversial things than an arm wrestling match but i think i'm like i'm just thinking the like i'm not saying either way but when i listen to it to me i first thought that i, I guess that that would be the most likely explanation yeah. i mean and the thing about rob ford is every every scandal that comes out he stays so fucking cool and he stays above on it script. all and on script you got to think that maybe Except. he is such a party animal that you know someone said i got a video of you smoking crack you're fucking dead you're fucking goner rob ford this is the end of your career he's just like i don't care fuck release it you know he just doesn't care Maybe it's impressive the- it, like it's i don't know though i i feel like s- certain things he does like i feel like he and doug are sort of posturing themselves to be like permanent celebrity status even just lines like i've got enough pussy to eat at home yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. that's not something that just slips out of your mouth when you're having a press conference. You deal with the press every single fucking day. You, and, and think about any, every time he's asked questions that are like off collar, just like yeah. asking about his drug use. Never says anything. Yet he walks up to a press corps yeah. and says, "I've got tons of pussy to eat at my house." Yeah. And it, that's not like a, a purposeful thing. Like I think that's all just part of the act. It's like. Kind well, of, I think like the best thing that he could be hoping for is a, I guess, be mayor again. But then to have like a reality show or something. I think I it, think that would be great. You just need to pin GoPros all over his office. But he's doing illegal shit, so they couldn't really do that. Oh, that'd be fine. It's gonna be right. Doug, premier of Ontario. Have you guys watched the Ford Nation show? Oh yeah, yeah. It only had one episode. No, no, no. Oh, the new YouTube one. They do a YouTube one now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, is it in his garage? Yeah. Is it Uh, a much cheaper set? Yeah, I'm sure it does. It it did not have all the fancy (laughs) graphics and cutaways that uh, that the the Sun TV. I love that the Sun TV one because it took too long to edit because they're so fucking difficult. Oh, and there's no ins and outs in their in their speaking style. It's just like. Rob Ford staring at the camera, and they're like, "Okay, now let's go to a clip." And then they had, <laughs> then they had that hilarious talking head I guy. Watch it, I just imagine. Oh, so there's in the in the first episode, that first one I watched it, and it had uh, this like talking head guy, just some right wing like supporter a Zordon that they had, type yeah, character yeah, that they had hired <laughs> just to be the the like, like Brockman. Yeah, just, ah, he's basically just this crazy villain, wow. and just speaking and being like. And they're trying to persecute Rob Ford, but they'll never get away with it. And like just going through all this, it was like, it was so over the top. I couldn't handle it. And I was a little sad when they got taken off TV because I was really excited to see where that could oh, yeah. go. I thought it was great. Too. And next now that they the, don't have the budget. Next after the yeah. break, Ford Nation strikes back. How will Rob Ford's supporters support him during this? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I'm sure they would have had all sorts of fucking... Uh, the thing I like least about the whole Rob Ford thing... Well, one of the least things 
is uh, as soon as the Rob Ford scandal news started, nobody talked about uh, Sammy uh, who got shot by the police. Sammy yeah. yeah. That that story totally got swept under the the carpet, and all of a sudden it was Rob Ford everywhere. Yeah. And the interesting thing, as a wrestling fan, you see storylines everywhere and character changes. And what happened when Sammy was shot by that cop is the fucking Toronto police became the biggest heels in the city. Yeah, and they're like, you know, being booed and uh, held responsible. And then Ford gets fucking crack scandal, and who comes to save the day for Torontonians? <laughs> interesting. interesting. None other but the Toronto police step in to be the face against the new Rob Ford heel. Mm. Oh. To me, it seems like oh. the Toronto, they needed to improve their, you know, face value with the Toronto public. And what better way to do that than to, than to take, take down, down the, the penguin? Sm- yeah, take yeah. down this crack smoking penguin. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it, though, is even on uh, a professional level, like Blair and the rest of the the police, they've got to take it personally when the person in the highest elected office obviously has zero um, interest in following the laws right, or even like being perceived as somebody. Him, that's true. It makes he him feels look like he's stupid. acting or he, like, I thought for sure that he was going to be removed by the judges uh, last summer for right. that conflict of interest thing, just because yeah. he was flouting that he was above the courts and yeah, daring true. them to take him out of office. I'm like, yeah. can you send that message? Like, cause the judiciary and the police and the political figures, they have a, a checks and balances thing kind of going on where, None really want to acknowledge the that there's a hierarchy. Like yeah. the, the police want to feel like they that no one's above the law. The politicians want to feel like they're the ones that are dictating the the culture and the laws. The judiciary kind of feels the same way, and they yeah. all battle out for supremacy. I don't think they like arrogance. He, well, yeah, he's just a strange character, and it's it's surprising he gets away with what he he does. But I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think there's. He, that he may be arrested. I mm. think that certain things that have happened recently have been indicating, especially Bill Blair. They've been sort of taking it their over time. The, the cops have been taking their time, which makes me think that they must be building a case. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, there's still just the other day looking through more like Sandra Lisi, like 10 gigabytes worth of Sandra Lisi stuff that they say may contain like implications of like, you know, like beatings and or murder in uh, mm-hmm. relation to getting the crack video back. Um, it I th- could be that the other uh, thing that it also could be is that uh, it's reversed. Like they're building a case um, for uh, to put against all those drug dealers that they swept up in yeah. that one massive raid. Right. And the extortion that they keep on talking about is a case against those guys um, I don't think directed so. at Ford. Because they would be the ones blackmailing, right? Yeah, I think I think that uh, like they they've recently come out and said, hey, the the transactions between Lisi and Ford, the police said this. They said their interpretation is, is conducive of drug trafficking. Like mm. it just there could they basically don't think because it he could leaves be the office else. all the time, just yeah. all the time, and just like why else would you someone who you consider a friend and say, oh, he's a great guy, blah blah, blah just this great dude. Why else would you? Um, be having him put stuff into your car really secretly and like handing envelopes back and forth. That's not friendly behavior. That's drug dealer behavior. And like friends, if they were really just exchanging something casually that didn't have to be hidden, it wouldn't be a problem. They wouldn't be having this sort of behavior. It just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. It doesn't make sense. From a logical standpoint, it's just like you're clearly doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be trying to hide it, even if it's mm-hmm. not drug trafficking. There's something that you're hiding and like you're 
cohorting with a known drug dealer, someone who's been out with a drug dealer. Like there is, it's like two no two ways about it that Rob Ford has been involved in fucking drug trafficking. And even all these people who went to high school with him and his brothers say that they were drug dealers in school. Wouldn't it be funny if it comes out that he's got this bad news bears type of thing going on with the Don Brasco football players where he's like coach (laughs) after school, but also like making drug deals and things in high school. And the apparently his own little gangster squad kids in well in the in this jailhouse beating case, supposedly. Um, so it's a, the jailhouse beating was uh, his his sister's ex boyfriend or something like that. And yeah, he was mad at as him. As far as we know, wanted to get after him, and uh, apparently went through and saw one of his ex football playing students incarcerated at said jail. And he's like, and "Hey, do me a favor." Him. And that's the yeah. kid wow. who beat the guy up. So it's pretty much like, yeah, you're dead on the money that like he's forming relationships with these kids and then also sort of like eventually using him for his criminal cohorts. Yeah, I have no idea, but that would be the most literary thing to do. That would make the story oh, this is, that would this, make the story legendary. He would be a legendary literary character. I feel character if, like if he if, gets arrested, if, this trial will be so sensationalized oh, and it'll yeah. be so based on character that the movie that comes out at the end will be it's sad that Chris Farley is fucking dead. Because he would play th- spectacular Ford, but I'm sure he they'll find Jonah Hill else. could play Rob Ford. <laughs> I don't know. Jonah Hill is a pretty good actor. You need someone just with. Uh, He's got the voice for it. I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think there's ever going to be a Rob Ford movie. No, oh, I think like, you're. I think there might you be. Think a, there's just so much documentation because of the internet that you don't need a Rob Ford. Yeah, movie. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be as. Yeah. That's the thing that I I, I always they balk at a, the Chris Farley comparison because Rob Ford is weirder and stranger but and funnier Chris, than Chris Farley. True, but Farley could do it. Yeah, yeah. He, they are both heavy blonde guys. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, and the thing is, like, <laughs> yeah. they made and that Farley had the range Bush movie, right? If they like, even if it's a comedy, which was if someone if someone is like they make the Rob Ford comedy movie, like it's gonna happen. You think that someone's not gonna eventually? It's just that every time I see a Rob Ford impersonator on Kimmel or the internet or whatever, they don't do it justice. I don't think it's as funny as the real guy. Really, the only perfect person to play. He should play himself. Yeah, that'll probably happen. Yeah. If only we could get him. Yeah, that's his with, sentence. With Soprano-style yeah. production values, and oh, you get yeah. Rob like Ford that. reenacting yeah. all his drug deals and stuff like that. It'd be awesome. You'd have yeah. a bag of prostitutes. And There's already a Rob Ford porn parody. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't tell me this. They're so yeah. fast with Isn't those. Yeah, crazy? Oh, God. It's just, who is it for? Who And is who it, does he understand. fuck? In, Some woman, I don't know. Yeah, but, is, but like, who? I, I hope it's Robin Doolittle in the narrative. <laughs> I hope it's that would Doolittle be fucking narrative. sick. Yeah. <laughs> I hope whoever or, uh, made that knows about because that would be hilarious. I don't know. Nunziata. Oh, she wrote Nunziata, the book. She, an old skeletal lady, Nunziata. <laughs> Jesse, she wrote the Ford Nation book or whatever. Oh, the like tell-all Rob yeah. Ford. Ah, yeah, the, she, so the premise of the porno would be him like busting on her door and saying like, "I'm yeah. very upset about your book." She's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like she was on Colbert. Take me there, sick fuck. <laughs> she was on Colbert and uh, John. What's his name? John Stewart. John Stewart, yeah. She, was, she did that run right. based on Rob Ford. Jesus Christ. I yes. can't believe how the Americans are enamored with it. There must be nothing else it's going because, on. It's yeah, or there's something huge going on that they don't want yeah. them to talk about. So they're, it's the oh. same within Canada. Like The other frustrating thing about Rob Ford, sure he's doing something stupid, but all the embezzling and fucking dirty work that's going on in actual Ottawa Not that isn't taking it, cover yeah. story news, but mm-hmm. you know, Rob Ford impersonating drunk driving and doing all that stuff is like, sure Rob Ford's an idiot, but he's also the scapegoat. That's why like, sometimes I'm I feel sure like maybe the thing 
things he's doing are like on purpose. They're like part of this calculated smoke screen where it's just no, like that whole Senate scandal is completely off the radar now. You remember the Senate scandal was going on exactly. for weeks yeah. until yeah, the yeah, Rob yeah. Ford thing yeah, broke. Exactly. And that like, fucking disappeared. Oh. Yeah. No, it's like Jesse Ventura said like one of the most prevalent things about politics and coming from someone who's the mayor for fucking eight years and said that after getting into politics, he realized that, that in pro wrestling are the fucking same. Same thing. Behind everybody's back, your friends. In front of the cameras, your enemies. Yeah. Like, if... Sure, Jesse Ventura is a wrestler, but he was also the fucking mayor. It wasn't just fucking Alex Jones or somebody. He was. He was. He was the governor. 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 He was a governor of Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But like, I don't know. I think it makes sense. There's so many instances where it just makes sense. Fucking this this shit going down in Ottawa. The Toronto police are fucking looking like the enemy. What do we do? Oh, just get Robbie to fucking pull some shit. Like, let's figure out what he's been up to, or have it be at work and just be like rob sorry we're gonna kind of besmirch your character but you're gonna get to go down to la you know, you're gonna have some fun like we're gonna make you look an idiot <laughs> fucking bring you to the oscars for whatever yeah, reason exactly what the yeah. fuck do you have to do with movies and i, I mean even if there's but... not direct co- collusion you could just have a situation where the toronto police are like oh fuck what are we gonna do we've we're getting a lot of heat who can we investigate that's big that'll yeah. take the heat off us they don't even need to coordinate right they say like you know what that rob ford's been pissing me off send some detectives to go dig up his trash and see what's going on yeah it's true for sure there's that but i guess like i don't know the conspiracy theorist in me always wants it to be booked yeah you love that uh, alex <laughs> alex jones alex jones stuff it's <laughs> interesting yeah. my dad did you did too. you arrive at the alex jones stuff before the rogan stuff or did you learn about him way before rogan. oh yeah because yeah, yeah. you were telling me about that bohemian grove thing yeah. like five years ago I, <laughs> you gotta see it <laughs> yeah it's like i'm i that I found that like I guess years ago, but I realized the other day that I'm so lucky that I didn't find that in high school. Because if I would have been Bohemian Grove crazy like when I was 16, 17, like I would have never came out. Of it it. would have scrambled your brains. Yeah. Luckily, I was like 21, 22, and I was able to just kind of like. Because was it during the Bush years that you saw it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that would that would be it was Bush years, doubly yeah. creepy if you're oh. watching it during the Bush Dur- years. Oh, oh yeah, and that's why my dad, you know, uh, you know, without getting too far into, he's super. Huh, like onto the conspiracy theories and that's the time that he started getting into it was you know um probably like the middle of the iraq war yeah. in 2005 um you know, he, started, he started to get turned onto it and now it's just out of control where you know i i feel like there's there's aspects of truth in it but i feel like the internet has it being in its wild west stage right now because as sophisticated and as polished people think the internet is mm-hmm. right now it's still like very much the wild west for sure thank and, god it's decreasingly yeah. it's increasingly becoming just a cable internet extension oh yeah, yeah for sure but there's still like you know you look at facebook on any given day and you you like to think that you can trust your friends to have like uh and you know the internet gives you a lot of convenience, so maybe this is asking too much of people. But to when they read a story, to at least read the uh, the address, like the web address <laughs> of where they're reading it, and uh, if it, if it says something like like you know World Health Vegan News, and right. it's like a story about like fucking some 
food causing ca- brain cancer that you need to stop eating right now. Mm-hmm. Take a second, think about it, scroll down, Let's see do a, a little search source. on Google. And the funny search thing is, sometimes they have their sources listed at that. the bottom, and you follow the sources, and they're also by the same they're also by company. Other, other people, and just the same network. There was a couple yeah. of them where, like, my friend posted something, and I was like, you know what? And I took 10 seconds, and I clicked back, and I got to the original link where yeah. they, had, they had been forced to apologize because they had said something fucking really accusatory right. about the World Cancer Organization or something like that. And then the, they wrote them and said, you have to retract that because that's a complete fabrication. Yeah. And so the, but, it had been reposted mm, so many times since then, even yeah. though the original source of the article had said, oh, it's complete bullshit. We were yeah. lying. On the other hand, on the other side of that story, I was watching the news a couple of months ago, and it was like USDA – releases new study about like the toxic nature of all of the antibiotics they've been putting in the meat and how like they're going to start phasing them out. Mm-hmm. So that's like the other side of the curve where you have historically like the government organization saying that something's fine. Don't worry about it. This is the science. Yeah. And then the uh, activist groups saying that there's a problem. And then when the vindication comes, it's just like an afterthought. Like they just do like one little sound bite. They're like, Oh, by the way, you're right. The pesticides are giving you cancer. Next, next story. Right, yeah. and I like so that's just uh, that's what I'm just open to is I just want to like have my ear to the frequency so you can kind of know what the two sides are saying even if you're obviously in one camp until it's it's proven one way or the other. Right, I. But how do you get to the other side when it's something like Bohemian Grove? Hmm. Well, okay. So what's disturbing about that? So describe not, what I'm Bohemian aware. Grove is for yeah, yeah. for one. For, uh, so it's basically like a summer camp for like the world leaders and bankers to right. get together, and they do this cremation of care ceremony. According to Alex Jones, and yeah, for sure, according to Alex Jones, uh, and they've all they've also talked about it. Like it's been admitted by like a few politicians and some oh, people. Oh, they've, they've said like, it, it's real for sure. Oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's an interview where they have with George Bush, and like, oh, what about this like Bohemian Grove stuff? And he's like, oh, like we don't we don't talk about that outside of the Grove. Like, ah. there's like weird stuff like that happens so basically it's it's kind of an eyes wide shut type of deal like they go out into the california mountains or something and they dress up in druid robes yeah and they burn like effigies an effigy yeah they call it the cremation of care and there's this huge owl named moloch that has like (laughs) fire eyes and sing chants and stuff yeah it's like it's fucking dragnet stuff it's really insane they had a dragnet where they find out all the and apparently like schwarzenegger and bush they go and they give their their uh everybody's there their bowl of fruit to Klandathu, the yeah, rain god. Exactly. <laughs> the, now, there's all that stuff going on, which is bizarre enough. But the part that really was unsettling to me was they had. So they have all these world leaders, bank <coughs> people, like enacting this kind of black magic witchery, doing right. these pretend human sacrifices. Right. But the weirdest part is that outside, like the edges of Bohemian Grove, there's protesters trying to do white magic. So, okay. They're all like doing weird chants and like hand tr- trances. So it's basically a big like a uh, fucking um, LARP. Everyone's it's going up very, there to LARP like in the LARPing. mountains. They're just yeah. casting fake spells yeah, at one exactly. another. That's fucking ridiculous. But the, the unsettling part was that sure, maybe like Bush and them are just doing this for like weird macho like ego sentiment. But like the people that are doing the white magic, they really believe they what believe they're doing. They're fighting it. Yeah. 
And that and that was the weirdest part to me. They believe that fucking okay. these bankers are raising Satan. Hold on, hold on, Satan. hold on, like, yeah. hold on. But like, think about it. Think about it from a more metaphysical kind of point of view, right? Like, right. you've got these people who actually do have influence. Like George Bush launched two gigantic wars that killed uh-huh. hundreds of thousands of civilians. He didn't do it himself. So in yeah. a way, like if he's using this network to propel him to do these things, there is a kind of black magic that's going oh, yeah, on. With these guys totally. getting together well, and it's the, it's getting psyched the, up. The idea of like influence, right? That we live in a society that's put these two things, just like uh, money and influence. If you have enough of them, you can basically get away with whatever you want. Yeah. And it's like you know, to blow it up into this like super calculated and like cabal of incredibly intelligent people, it might be giving it too much credit. You know, I think it's a lot of people playing the game and playing the system and playing it really, really well. Sure, sure, sure. And so there was this investigative reporter. I forget his name. Uh, he's a Brit. That was uh, he was on the Bohemian Grove documentary. Okay, I think he made it. Okay, the you know the British guy that's like interviewing Alex Jones through the, the documentary. Yeah. Anyways, he did a documentary on superheroes and stuff. You can Google his name, and um, he uh, he basically did another expose where he was trying to get, I think it was the Rand Corporation or like the, what was, what's the other secret society? Skull and Bones? No, no, the um, um, uh, trilateral type of thing. Bilderberg group? The Bilderbergs. Oh. So he was doing a, <laughs> Bilderbergers. He was, do, he was doing an expose documentary type thing on Bilderberg and he knew that they were meeting, I think it was some tropical island like, you know, Barbados or something. Right. And he goes down to this place and, um, He's asking around, uh, trying to find the hotel that the that, that the the event is being held at, trying to like get a fake press pass, trying to figure out a way to infiltrate, and he ends up asking the wrong question, the wrong guy, like some insider, and they make some phone calls, and the rest of the time that he's on the island, he's being chased around by like these black oh, yeah. limousines with like guys you know men in black style dudes with yeah. sunglasses and stuff and he goes he just he gets freaked out enough that he actually went to the embassy and he said oh. like i don't know if it's just my imagination but i was trying to investigate these bilderberg people at the meeting at the sheridan hotel or whatever it was and now there's a bunch of people chasing me around in limousines and the the person at the embassy helped him out they were like yeah, I, I think you should be concerned. <laughs> and then, so they like they you got arranged a car and stuff and got him back to the airport and things. And he was he was talking. I don't know if it was at the embassy or some one of his friends later or whether he was being interviewed on uh, the show that I was listening to. But he basically said um, they asked him. So what was your assessment? How do you do? You think that these Bilderbergs are really a secret cabal that's planning uh, running the world, like making decisions about how to run the world? And he said. I think that they think they are. So they believe that they're a shadowy organization. They're pretending to be a shadowy organization that runs the world. Right. But I think that like, as we learn more and more about the way things are structured and organizations are structured, there really isn't anybody steering the ship. No, I like, think these are big are fish. They have a lot of influence, but so I do you. Know. I just, I really think that it's all at work. I think the whole thing is fixed and like the next president's already decided. And the one after that, that and, I, that I like, don't, I, uh, I, I don't I, know. I, I just bought into it so with. much. Well, I mean the, the political strategists would be thinking what, what they're, who they're going to run next. Yeah. They think pretty far no, but he's, he's he's saying that just the. But you're saying both fixed. sides and the election it is doesn't fixed. Matter. Or, yeah. yeah, I think I think actually in the states, especially not so much here, but in the states, especially that the um, the lobbyists is like that's the only party. 
like both the Republicans and the Democrats are bought by the exact same people. It really doesn't matter who wins mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. And I think the the first Obama election was this amazing like wrestling style yeah. match where incredible. they pitted they put it pitted this vibrant young first black president yeah. candidate ever uh, against a scraggly old sure. fucking guy. This guy who was on the verge of death who had been responsible for military accidents yeah. like had set a aircraft carrier on fire with his arrogance and was just and ran with and he had a, been in a tiger cage yeah, in and, some internment camp and just this like kind of just kind of off kilter guy running with a alaskan soccer mom as yeah, his vice president totally that's fixed that's I a conflict and the thing is is that like they i almost feel like the numbers there almost had to be fixed too they, they, they can never show one side winning too heavily over the other side because it polarizes the states too hard. Like if you were to if you were to say, "Oh, fucking Obama wins by a crazy landslide, seventy percent," there'd be a huge population in yeah. the South and just in like all the middle states that would feel ripped off sure. and feel like they're not in their own country anymore. That they're surrounded by people who don't like them. Yeah. So this battle between Democrat and Republican always is like back and forth and sort of like equalized and is never like too strongly pulled in one direction mm. and I, I think it in, more so than any in other wrestle, in wrestling do you find that uh if uh, like do you find that the the average fan enjoys it because of that even flow or are there people who are uh, natural face fans and natural heel fans and they get their turns being the spotlight uh, I guess there's, huh, I don't know. It since it it goes on for so long, it's hard to f- see where the even flow begins and ends. I guess mm. because like over time, like a face should always be like a good guy should always be you know the champion, uh, face of the company. But sometimes they have like heel champions that run for way too long. Mm. Uh, and the problem with like wrestling is you want to be a heel in the way that people like love to hate you where it's like they're booing you, but like they're also really impressed with your performance and like they respect you as an athlete, but they're booing you because you're the bad guy. But sometimes they push guys too much and they're bad guys and it's just the crowd boos them because they fucking, they're tired of them and they hate them. And that's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in politics, I guess, how would that relate? Well, I guess just the turn, right? Like Obama's become a heel during his eight-year run. Mm. Like he's no longer, uh, right. you know, your hero. And now they'll now I'm I'm betting that on the Republican side of things they'll run an equally kind of young, vibrant candidate. Right. I think and it's going to be Rand Paul. I think that he's just uh, yeah. But they're gonna they're not going to run someone like John McCain again. Yeah. They're going to go back to George Bush, back to the beautiful fucking eyes, and like just yeah. uh, like mm. you know. A likable kind of interpersonal, uh, like just yeah. skills. Folksy. You know? like, yeah, he's folksy. Like George Bush, probably on a social level. Like if you were, if you went to a barbecue at George Bush's house and just spent an afternoon with him, and he had never been president, and you didn't know anything about his politics, would probably be a completely adorable, tolerable, and adorable. He's got guy. a, oh, he's yeah. got a little terrier dog. He, he likes yeah. to paint. He tell no, you Bush a cool a story. Guy. Like yeah. he's, he's like kind of cute. Yeah. Just like the the things that he did in office are really shitty. He can't speak. Yeah, he and like again, I don't. Really he's got great hair. That, I don't think he is Hot responsible wife. for any of that. Oh no, of course. Like, not. Do you think that George Bush single handedly wrote up all the 
all the shit for the Iraq war and got that going. Like he, they were all. Yeah, it wasn't his idea. It wasn't yeah. his idea. You yeah. can't pin yeah. that on him. Just but also, if you want to tie it back into the conspiracy and the Rob Ford thing, um, by um, being the likable dumbass and having that be his um, signature, he's he's exonerated himself from many war crimes that may have been put ahead of right. Like sure. he can just start. He can just go in front of Congress and go like, I don't remember. I don't remember my anything oh, that happened in my term. Yeah. The yeah. same thing that his um, um, attorney general, I think, it was Gonzalez. Mm. He was in trouble and being subpoenaed um, for all these emails that were deleted from his office. I forget exactly the ins and outs of the scandal, but um, he basically went in front of Congress and said, I don't remember anything that happened in the four years I was working at this job. Wow. You know, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. Yeah, all of that I remember that yeah. lawyer trick kind of stuff. And Bush would be great at that. Yeah, for sure. So I think that if yeah, you man. look at his, his, but America could never be tried for war crimes because who would try them? Yeah. They're, you don't know. Never. Right. Like it, I Maybe, think that there was yeah, a little bit of a roll there. of the dice. Like when that 2008, crash happened after all of bush's bullshit for eight years i think that they were a little bit apprehensive they had to have a backup plan in case what? things got <laughs> super what, like violent ba- a backup plan to charge george bush with something no 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 in case like there was some huge activist rebellion and they demanded that there be <sighs> charges put against like the administration guess yeah you know, like I mean, in the know. way that in the 40s like things went crazy right that's why roosevelt mm-hmm. got elected to like yeah. calm everybody down mm-hmm. because there was major riots and stuff from the working class well that's probably coming here uh, i think they i think like... they've i think they've pacified us they they did a good job handling everybody oh yeah no, netflix the... really like really handled that problem well yeah. yeah there's netflix a... and, and legalizing weed so we yeah. all just like yeah. however no, there is it's... there is yeah. an undeniable mob mentality built into the human brain and so like right now it's really hard to mobilize people out of their homes because their their quality of life is like very rarely affected mm-hmm. but the occupy wall street protests were representative of like okay a bunch of people are getting their houses foreclosed on and they're looking at these people in their country who are like overly rich have more money than they could ever spend and they're saying like why are, why do they get to hold on to that money while I'm losing my fucking shoes mm-hmm. and uh, that was a kind of small dip in the economy and it's not the last one like here in North America it just feels like um, people don't really pay attention to patterns in history a lot and you know it always starts to dip. And then bounces back a little bit. They patch the holes. They figure out a few things to do mm-hmm. to sort of get jobs going again. But it starts to dip again. It's starting to dip. We're on like another dip, and it's just going to keep happening until there's uh, the you know this, the equivalent of the 30s, where it stops just being this series of recessions. Because there's like recessions in the 80s and like a small one in the 90s. Like it's always happening. There's always these dips, but it gets worse every time, and it gets harder to fix until it just completely crashes. And when that happens, mm-hmm. and when a bunch of people have their their comfort really, really imposed upon where they can't afford Netflix anymore. When people can't pay that fucking eight dollars a month to get their streaming video, they can't afford to pay their forty dollar a month internet bill. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. But what would lead to that happening? I mean, there's there's potential for like a pretty significant financial collapse in on like a, on a world scale. But I think in North America too. I think it's just all this this kind of bouncing back in Obama's. Uh, Rain is all sort of an illusion that like it's just sort of a natural ebb and flow of the the financial sector. And, and I th- yeah, I think it's I think it's headed toward a worse down. Than yeah, I I don't know if I if mm-hmm. I quite agree. I I just 
I think what's going on is we had a recession caused by the housing market collapse. And in combination with that, there's a longer recession that's not going to end and it's continuing going on. And it's just basically the internet destabilizing stuff. So a person your age, if you wanted a middle-class job in the previous generation, you could go work at the Ford plant and without a lot of um, education other than like high school, you could put doors on minivans and that would be your job. Right. But increasingly all those jobs are going away Mm -hmm. and there's this new vacuum that's that's opening up where like we're somewhere in between abandoning the industrial revolution and going into the star trek future where we don't really need to work anymore mm-hmm. and there's this weird kind of middle um growing pains that are going on because the people who benefited from the old system the people who owned the factories and had those jobs they don't want to go towards a, a system where well, that there will be more kind of and equality. That, and that's the thing is that the this entire system and like how we work we're expected to work 40 hour work weeks, right? Like that's, that is the standard by which full time work, like 35, 40 hours a week is set, but it's like increasingly difficult to find that much work for people and justify that much like working time. But the whole system and like how everything works and how like debt works and how loans work is all contingent on this like growth, end over end growth and always like more work and more production and always it amounting to more money. It's all about the chase of more money. And so for those people and like the sons of all these baby boomers who are like CEOs and owners of these big companies and have their coffers stuffed, their kids are going to want the same shit. They're going to hold on to that. Yeah. And I just feel like it's just bound to uh, end up that that whole structure collapses entirely. No, like I that's think... the only way you can kind of rebuild it is if it kind of falls away and we get rid of the idea that like 40 hours a week is what we should all be doing and that like money and education like shouldn't be anywhere near each other and that there's like, you know, a lot of problems that um like if things worked in the old system and in the old world but kind of don't work now in the way things are changing with the reduction of I mean just blue collar working class like what are all those people going to do? Robots are going to build everything. It's going to be all automated. So what yeah, are all and these I mean, people going to do? At what point do we just put aside our egos and say, you know, you don't need to work 40 hours a week in exactly. order to justify your existence as a human. We've got enough automation that everybody can have a house and, you know, 2,000 calories a day. So just relax and focus in on um, your hobbies and the things that you want to mm. experiment with. I don't know. The future is fucking terrifying because because yeah. I mean, you and I and and Brendan, like, we don't organize our days around just making money. There's all sorts of stuff that we do that you don't get paid for. Yeah, it's true. And um, I mean, if I if but I think that we're 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 a rare breed because mm-hmm. most people's like their job is nine to five and then their life is cable. But um, they're also not happy doing that. Doesn't like, matter. I think they're that, doing it. Yeah. And at the end of the like the result, are you happy when you're doing it? That doesn't matter. It's they're showing up to work, they're getting paid, they're a part of the job, uh, the system. Um. Hmm. Yeah. It's and there's all this, you know. I've I've heard sort of uh, proposals to kind of shift away from this forty-hour work week and this, um, like the only way to survive is to work that because you know within the inflating cost of rent and of food and like really minimum wage staying. At the same thing, it's getting really, really hard for people in our generation to um, to have the kind of leisure time 
to focus on all these creative things which don't make us any money and do the sort of things that make us happy and also keep like decent roofs over our heads and like eat well um i think maybe it's like the abandoning of the city would really do it because it's really only expensive to live you know, here. Like it if shouldn't we were... be, though. It should be cheaper to live in the city than to live in well, the suburbs. Well, I just, heard, we yeah, just, I agree. Um, they externalize the costs, right? Like, a lot of the, the pollution and the excess tax money that's spent um, propping up hospitals and paving roads out in the suburbs would uh, be better spent in the city. You could yeah. build more transit and things. The um, reason Toronto... Toronto would be probably 25 or, or 30 years ahead if there wasn't so much investment put into the GTA. Yeah, absolutely. You know, ruin right. the whole city. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, I've heard proposals for, um, you know, giving people a living wage. Um, so paying everybody sort of a, a base yeah, standard that. so that, so at the very minimum that they could always pay their rent and eat their like necessary amount, which is sort of like, you know, that's in, what, uh, that's what Trudeau wants to do. Right. Yeah. But then how do you like, I don't think a standard like that can ever be made because there just isn't a standard for, like, rent. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. you get this much for your rent. Well, my rent's fucking four times that. Like, that's not enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think the way that I would structure it is, like, even if you're living in Toronto, if you're given $6,000, you can cover – you can probably cover having a place for that. You won't for quite what? be able to – like, $6,000 a year for, for rent. Like, if you have roommates and stuff, you can probably swing $6,000. I, I think what the proposal is, is, it's just a base earning standard. Right. Like, currently, you're getting $8,000 in welfare or whatever. And right. if you happen to get a job, they kick you off benefits and right. you have to start at square one again. Um, it's it's an interesting system in some European countries where they just have a base level earning that everybody gets, whether you're working or you're not. And you can get a job on top of that and up your, your standard of living. And Yeah, and I think that, that really – it does a few things. One, it gets people out of really terrible, like, uh, just reciprocal situations. But where what about all the addicts? Like, what are they going to do with the money? They'll right, spend it on drugs. That's a problem. But it's part of the economy. Year, yeah. You know, the, the thing – the way I look at it is, you know, when we're playing Settlers of Catan mm-hmm. – the, that game breaks down when somebody has all of the cards. Yeah. If the if there's not enough um, spread in resources, people can't participate in the economy. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, it's a shame that we have so many people in uh, North America. We're almost wasting those big brains. You know, like if yeah. you think of people as like human potential, you completely bring that person out of the economy by giving them nothing to spend because they don't have any influence. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, there's too many people though. For <laughs> we don't need more people. For the uh for the <laughs> the people we don't need all the people that we have to be able to to spend like, money. Yeah. I think that you would have Maybe uh, in Canada. You would have more fans that way. You would have more just more everything. You'd have more people who are um, mooches you'd have more people who spend that money on charities and good causes you have more people who do volunteer work because they don't have to worry about well, i think you could i think instead of giving would... people just straight up giving people cash instead and especially this could this could pertain to the to the addicts or like the homeless sort of giving them that base living is that it, it maybe ne- not necessarily cash deposit in your bank account but you just prove to the government that you've had you found a place and you need this like much tax write off or something. And you send the papers in, and then they and give them the deposit number for like your landlord's thing, and they just pay your pay landlord your for directly. You. Yeah, that's that's a pretty right? good. And system. then then they can't misspend that money, and then you ensure that 
They have a that, place to live. Yeah, and that kind of uh, recidivist lifestyle on the street, where it's like it's really hard to get off the street to make that first step, just back into a house. I guess the only reason a job, like you, once you have a place to live, then you have a mailing address, you have a place to take a shower, you have a place to sleep. Yeah, it's yeah. suddenly a step up in getting a job and getting yourself better. Like it could really help sure. a lot of people. I agree with you. I'm. I'm the only pushback I'm adding is that it tends to be the 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 knee jerk reaction when anybody talks about the government just covering stuff like cash payouts there's oh no matter who you're talking to they always have the knee-jerk reaction was like well what about the lazy people what about the drug addicts what about the thing, people who use money i think that there's way too much focus on that i believe a huge amount of people like because mm-hmm. you um you walk around long enough and you talk to somebody and you ask them to describe their pet peeves. They'll go like, well, you know, I got a lot of good, great friends in Toronto, but there's also a lot of dumbasses, whole lot of stupid people, blah, blah, blah. I can honestly say that I have never met a stupid person. I feel like on the surface, like when you're bumping into people on the sidewalk or getting cut off in traffic, you can feel like everybody is a moron except for you. But if you think about every person you've ever met, and gotten to know and you learn about their interests and the stuff that they care about and their families and things. I've, I know a lot of people who are distracted. I know a lot of people who are cowards, but stupidity. I, most of the people I know that are pretty bright, they just might not have interests that align with mine. Hmm. I, I, don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like you're speaking toward like a potential for everyone. Like, and it, that everyone has an aptitude for something like it. Pe- People even perceived as being stupid or, you know, like not traditionally smart, book smart. There's probably something that like if they were able to sort of search it out, there's a skill they have or something. that they I don't know. I think there's a huge chunk of the population that's basically been hand fed and like brought, you know, through their adolescence, through their teenage years, into their 20s, into university who have never had to really decide something for themselves they've like you know mommy and daddy are paying for everything they don't know which way is east which way is west they're just fucking lost hmm. and i guess I'd, i honestly are you thinking of somebody you. in particular when you're describing that oh uh, like, i'm thinking about a lot of people that's what i'm trying to yeah. to home in on is say like who exactly is this person and do they have other problems that are making it seem like that's i mean I've, i feel like if problem. i think about the people who i i kind of feel aren't too bright um there's just people i know who who are on a pretty uh, bad path of just like, you know, not going to school and also just had no ambition for doing anything and then just had kids mm-hmm. at like 20. And certainly you can you can let your potential rot away. Like there's people who reach 35, 40, 50 years old where they've just completely destroyed their brains with alcohol and stuff. But yeah, I think they started right. off, you know, right. They're damaged. The human brain, The human brain is super elastic and moldable and that... Uh, even those people who aren't really accomplishing uh, a lot with their lives, there's a potential for them to. <coughs> but I don't think to the core of human, I don't think uh, like we're naturally even inspired to learn or understand. I think like at the core of us, we just want Netflix. <laughs> like, to, like, but you know what I mean? Like what Netflix represents. It's just the ease of entertainment. We want to be comfortable. We don't want to fucking have to. I hunt. have access to okay. Netflix and I don't watch it though. Okay, but so I'm talking about the general person. In the Star Trek, in the Star Trek universe, the way that it's sort of like built up is that like that's okay. Like there's some there's right. some people and, and, and but in even in those like kind of uh those hollow 
um, pursuits where they're just uh, going after just like mindless entertainment. It's always sort of implied that the freedom to do whatever you want causes people to go through like a lot of different phases in their lives, which happens naturally to all mm. of us, right? Everyone says like, I want to be this when they're a kid and then I want to be this when they're 20 and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You really, it's super hard for anyone to settle down and anyone who's had to settle down has only done it out of necessity. Mm. They always want to change something. They always want to go in a new direction. And so oh. it's, it's, if you give people that freedom, you take currency away and you stop making it this game of like who can get richest and who can get the most shit, mm. people will start naturally finding these things in themselves that they're allowed to just explore and just like they can pick up an instrument, try it and put it down and have it not be this huge financial cost to them. They don't have to take any risk on trying a new thing. Then I think you'll find it rather than people getting lazier and just getting frustrated by the, the amount that things cost – They'll actually start opening themselves up to new possibilities that they would have never conceived before you because they just would have been out of their mm, control. No, I don't. I don't buy that. I, I feel like um, we benefit from limitations. Like yeah. if you if you talk to somebody who's just starting out writing, if you read like screenplay books and stuff, um, one of the hugest pitfalls that they all describe at the beginning is starting off with a story that has too few limitations. Like uh, the, the 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 writing instinct is always like. You know, I, I want to set my my story in a world that has no limitations. Time travel, dinosaurs. But I'm not talking about wrestling that. all at once, all together. And I'm then you read it, and it existing... becomes a completely unstructured mess, right? Whereas a story yeah. like Glengarry Glen Ross just takes place in a bar and in a fucking real estate office, and there's something like the whole world is represented there yeah, in like, like metaphor, right? That's not what I'm talking. And I feel about. like if the if the whole world became just a Star Trek thing where everything was just pot, there would be no um, resistance to like achieving stuff, you know. You no, but that's like, not true because you have people, no, so people who are naturally inclined to succeed, and that's yeah. why like Starfleet exists, right? Because it was like, oh, there's some people who want to chill out on Earth or any of the other colonized planets, and they want to fall in love, and they want to like you know play sports and blah blah blah. They just want to do whatever makes them happy, and that's cool. But then there's like you know people who study the oceans and people who like study this and blah blah. blah. All the scientists still exist. All of the they're on different planets. Is yeah, that on, what's happening? Well, if you in the Star Trek, like especially in the next generation kind yeah. of uh, mythos, which I've like, you know, I'm super into that. I grew up reading Isaac Asimov, so the idea of utopian sci-fi to me is just right. super appealing. Uh, and it's all you know, like humans have moved away from Earth and they live all over, but they're basically like you know, there are so people who want to chill them? out and they're not but that ambitious. Metaphorically, pardon? You think like metaphorically? That's where. We're... Yeah, I I feel I feel more like you know certain people are inclined to to succeed and to drive themselves, and certain people aren't. And like as much as you push somebody who who doesn't want to achieve anything to try and achieve, like what does that ever get you? If any yeah. anyone anyone who's been a rock and just said ah fuck I don't want to do this I don't want to do that, and you just poke and prod them and try and push them and set limitations on them to try and make them achieve that, what does that ever get you? Mm. Nothing. Very rarely does that uh, achieve anything with someone. Basically, the idea behind Star Trek is like just let people fucking be people, and the people who are going to succeed and further the race are going to do their thing unabashed, and then everyone else is going to enjoy the like whatever what they want. You know, just like yeah, play guitar, write yeah. music, write a hollow novel, fucking make a cool whatever, try and reinvent the wheel, just like do whatever you want and with your own pursuits yeah. and love but... people and hang out with your friends. What we love to do, right? Yeah. We spend so much of our time hanging out with our friends. Doing what we're doing right now, we'd be doing this without microphones, 
And if I could do this more often and not ever have to worry about like how I'm keeping a roof over my head and it was just like, hey, hang out and make podcasts with your friends all day. I'd fucking do it all the time. Like, But everybody would and then no one would listen to other people's podcasts. They just Everybody would just record their own podcast that no one would listen to. But we'd have infinite For... amount of time. <laughs> infinite amount of time in Why do you have infinite with... time? You, only, you still because only got 90 years. Well, well, I mean, not in uh, in the in the Star Trek universe, but obviously in real life, we're going to make huge strides in the longevity of life. We already have. Think about in the last hundred years, how, how you, much longer uh, the lifespan of a human has gotten. Do, do you have any uh, any instincts or insecurities about that stuff, Mike? Because I, I don't have... I don't think about uh, well, that at all. I don't know. I feel like I hear all these things about that we've made all these you know leaps and bounds uh, and I... There's a part of me that wants to believe them, but I still haven't seen a you know 120 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, and they people, exist. And it they might exist. Be, you look at the, that guy Kurtzweil, right? And you go, maybe this is just wishful thinking. Like he's yeah. had a but bunch of bypass surgeries they, and things, and he's talking about how he's definitely jobs. going to see the breakthroughs. Just, like, uh, just give I, it time. No, I just in recent years, you know, they're like you know cracking the human genome. But I, and, and I don't think they figured out they actually know what makes a cell degrade, like what makes a human uh-huh. cell degrade, and they know how to slow it down. And so, like, they can't do it to us yet, yeah. but it, give it time in, in our lifetime or our kid's lifetime or their kid's lifetime. Somewhere down the road, they're going to be able to really slow down the aging See, process. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I, I think they might be able to figure it out, but I think it's uh, it's a bit, like, maybe short-sighted or naive well, to think that this, these new groundbreaking technologies and ways to l- make life live longer is going to be for everybody mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and I, I i also don't think that it's the greatest idea before we figure out how to manage what we have now because clearly we have seven yeah. billion people who only live to 50 yeah, to 80 years the last thing we need is we to can't live longer. figure out how can to fucking imagine, deal with them can you imagine so how fucking me. terrible it would be if death didn't exist like how great is it that we don't have to deal with hitler and fucking oh. napoleon anymore that's pretty sweet well <laughs> Yeah. Not even okay. Not even death didn't exist. But what if? So what if the human just naturally lived to be two hundred years old, and they didn't start aging significantly until like one hundred and forty? And so, well, I think one maybe it would uh, it would be super bad because we'd all be crammed on Earth. But would we have started working a little harder on people management? And you know, being a little well, less hopefully selfish wouldn't be like time. hopefully we'd have to at least register before we have we make people. Like yeah. they'd hopefully take away our right to just fucking freely. Maybe make everyone just has one kid because I mean it's all that's too many. It's still. all relative, right? Like things sort of adjust to meet um, changing parameters. So like you know the necessity of having a bunch of kids and, and having like a big strong workforce is because people are only useful in the workforce for like twenty five, thirty years, and then they retire and fuck off forever, ah. and then they're just sponges oh, they, on the system, basically. Yeah, they work and in the so gardens. a lot of people don't even get to retire. But though, if people live to be one hundred and eighty, hundred ninety, and they could work from twenty to like one hundred and twenty, they have a hundred year work span. Then the, the like the need for kids is just not there, right? You can just have a worker that's doing his people job. People aren't having time. kids because they want to contribute to the workforce. Wow. People are having kids because they're selfish and they want a little toy of them. Little cute. Yeah. The cutie. Oh, he said the same word I said. Yeah. Nobody's like, oh, baby, we got to fucking make sure there's workers here in 40 no, years. It, yeah. Not in this country. Though. Not in this they country, in other in, countries, for sure. Right. Historically, and it's been a way to sure, have farm hands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where for it comes sure. from. That's where our grandparents that's where the big, kids. Yeah, yeah, that's where the yeah. big But that's uh, not why our from. generations are having kids. No. Uh, but, I mean, now in certain places, they're, they're having... Uh, 
this current generation, not in North America, but in other places in the world, um, abandon the idea of having kids and having a family. Like in Japan and in China, they're having like a staggering like birth rate where it's just slowing down and there's going to be a huge generational gap between the yeah. like retired and the uh the young like it just it's we overcompensate the world's population drastically falls just by choice they're just like yeah we all wanted to watch netflix so what can i say <laughs> hey netflix <laughs> is the perfect baby. time to do your bone and you put on <laughs> yeah, something that doesn't sure. really require that all of your attention and uh let's watch labyrinth baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we take a our first little break i want to no no Oh, For what reason? I need to get a glass of water and uh, smoke a bit more weed. Well, you can step out. <sighs> Mike hasn't had a chance to talk. You just keep on doing a rowdy preacher. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing I was doing? Rowdy, rowdy preacher. Rowdy, rowdy preacher. <laughs> Grab a glass of water. All right. I love some water, too. We could do... Well, like, it's already 930. How, how long do these podcasts run for? 25 more minutes i guess yeah we got the we got the the audio worked out probably 8 10 or something so i don't know you could probably just look on and we should probably cut this part out where we're talking about the technicals of the podcast again good listening so you could you said break that could be break yeah take a break take a break we come back in while we take our first break and then cuts to silence jesse and now we can well you guys have to have at least pretend ads Who's the newest WWE superstar? Scooby Doo. Scooby yeah, they're doing a Scooby Doo uh, wrestling movie. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you need a jingle back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jingle's back in there, man. Okay. Hit that mic. Hit that mic. Conspiracy theory. That was a person made a rap board. Rap rap board. Oh, what else did I catch? Wrestling. Fuck that guy. No, I like that guy. That's not wrestling. That guy lost. No, he didn't lose. He took the opposite side. Ooh, heel turn. Oh, recap, recap, recap. <laughs> Speak like Rob. Speak like Rob. Speak, speak like, like Rob. Speak like, speak Rob. like Rob. That's maybe we should just use those Rob Ford remixes as the songs for the podcast. Rasclad, bumba clad. Rasclad, bumba clad. Apparently, everybody uh, has get rich quick scheme ideas based off Rob Ford slogan merchandise. Yeah, it's becoming <laughs> Toronto's fastest growing industry. <laughs> yeah. This old gift shops full of Rob Ford merchandise. Yeah. I've got the original that Rob Ford smokes crack shirt. <laughs> the original yeah my friend jacob's a screen printer and he said his business has like doubled since the rob ford uh scandals have started and he just like every month he has like two jobs to just crack spoofs rob ford spoofs is he gonna donate heavily to rob ford's re-election campaign oh, yeah, to keep sure, the money yeah, rolling sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, once you go to I can't, like that. I, you know. I think I'm going to throw my ballot when I go just so I can go and, like, scratch off Rob Ford's name, take a picture of it for Instagram, and then I'll, like, rip it up and throw <laughs> oh, it. Just to, like, yes, to have it. Yeah, that. that would work. Yeah. You can't do that. 
that you go behind the little thing, nobody's gonna know. Yeah. You go behind the little bit of nobody can look. Like, if you post it, could you maybe get in trouble? I would just say, you just say you photoshopped it. Yeah. I'd say bring it on. Prove that I took it, bro! At the last election, or. Yeah, I think it was the last, whatever. Any election I've been to in Toronto, I go to the Bellwoods Community Center to vote. Mm-hmm. It's a good place. But the best thing about voting is you get, like, get super high before you go to vote. <laughs> so you get your buddies <laughs> together, you smoke And you get joints. more patient. Yeah, yeah. It's a long lineup. And then you go and vote. But when you go and vote, you fill out your form, you, you exit or whatever, and then you bring it up to the people, and they just throw it into a shredder. It's like... The the machine that tallies the votes looks just like like my elementary school shredding machine yeah. that my principal had. Jesus, <laughs> you must have loved that. I exactly yeah. You're like this fits right into my conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> Confirmation <laughs> bias. Yeah, exactly, Harper yeah. will win with thirty seven percent as he always does. The Federal does. Reserve somehow. <laughs> I know Gorilla <laughs> Monsoon's behind it. <laughs> We should just give Maylie a headset mic so she Wireless can just like chime mic. in yeah, whenever she feels idea. it. Just have her in the background, yeah, whatever she's singing. Definitely, definitely. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, if only the camera was set up this week. Yep. In the coming next week, camera. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> camera. Got to get the VOD, the VOD going. And oh, then... Uh, just throw in GoPros, like, just... Yeah, yeah. I brought my sick camera, yeah. but it's the, the raw thing. It, it only... I've only got, like, an hour of of film for it, so... Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, we'd have to change cards and be a pain in the ass. But yeah, if we had a GoPro, we could it, just yeah. put a 30, you know, 100 gigabyte card in it or whatever, and yeah. it'd be good to go. Well, a one-hour limit would be perfect because then we'd have to take a break after an hour and you <laughs> yeah but you it takes like an hour to dump the card afterwards it's a right. lot of data what were you saying uh and having an hour limit is pretty good mm. you know sometimes it's good to get in start quick bang out yeah, yeah, yeah. bang it out just in yeah. and out instead of ramble you know <laughs> ramble on yeah, yeah that's true you can go forever if you let yourself go. Mm, if you yeah. give people a fucking chance to talk, they will fucking talk. But you know what I time. learned is uh, my friend Rob was showing me this fucking streaming video site that people just watch each other playing Grand Theft Auto oh, yeah. or oh, yeah, fucking yeah. Justin TV, Starcraft. Was it? It's I'm like sure Justin TV, ones. but there's yeah. a new like social network that's based around just gaming uh, and stuff. Okay. And I realized there's a whole subculture of people that just need content to listen to because they've got a boring job or whatever. It's true. And, you know... Some people don't have interesting friends to talk to, so sometimes it's enough to just have a conversation You're and put it on the internet. To listen to my voice ramble. You love the sound. <laughs> oh yeah. I bet you love those people. To me talk. I bet those very same people who like want need to find that content to listen to, their biggest pet peeve is being called out by the ah! fucking <laughs> by being the Okay, called out by the fucking assholes who have time to sit and talk with their asshole friends. <laughs> that's what this fucking some podcast poor should be Asshole just, guys who sit around slut. and talk with their asshole friends. <laughs> just figure out what the abbreviation of that is or just simplify it a little bit. Yeah, we could call like the episode that. that. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely episode number one. Episode yeah. number one. Fucking assholes who sit around and talk with their fucking asshole <laughs> friends. And we should get a t-shirt generator that can put the fucking... Episode titles on a t-shirt. Because <laughs> <coughs> why would that ever be a thing, Jesse? Put episode titles on t-shirts because you fucking ass. <laughs> you could you could just have a JPEG available in the corner of each of the. 
Each of the episode titles. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. I was talking to this U of T dude who uh, works in the U of T screen printing shop, and they've got a giant Konica press printer that can heat transfer any image you want on a t-shirt for like $17. I was, that's fucking crazy, man. You could yeah, mass produce so many I'd like things. one of those. I can't wait till we can just 3D print everything. Hmm. Yeah. The whole clothes, the whole yeah, outfit? Everything. Yeah. My friend uh, my friend Crawford, who has been, uh, he's pretty handy with uh, AutoCAD, and he's, a, he's like a, an artist of var- varying talents. He built a robot. Uh, <laughs> Lego, ro- Lego, uh, Lego creator. Yeah, but um, he's he's currently like uh, getting back and using AutoCAD because 3D printing is now a thing, and he can actually see all these designs really easily right. created. He's come up with a few different cases for uh, like Raspberry Pi and for Ouya, like just um. That's a good idea. Yeah, you know, it, like the, the Ouya is a uh, like a kickstarted console. Game console. It's like ninety nine uh, okay. bucks, and it's Android based. It runs on the Android platform. Okay. So for like ninety nine bucks, you get an HD thing. It's like a little tiny box, and you can play all the Android. It just comes games. on a USB key. You plug it into the TV, and then the controller. You know. Yeah, it's it's like, so you it's can like play apps on your TV. You can play apps on your TV, but you can emulate on it, and like you know, there's a lot of like good good games for the Android. <laughs> Mike Juno and, is but skeptical. No, but <laughs> the thing, what the fuck is well, no, no, no. But the thing is, they're they're developing games for it as well using the Android platform. So right now, it, like it ships with Minecraft on it, with like a full okay. working version of Minecraft and blah blah blah. Do you touch it? Huh? Like, no, no, no. It, it just has like a, a PS3 controller, like really similar to that, but uh, you know, just kind of different design because it, that's, that's copyrighted. So and the console itself is on just a USB key that plugs right. in. It's a bit bigger than that. Actually. There it's a, like, a, you know, enough sweet games cute, that we don't need to be fucking playing app games on our TV that are supposed to be on a phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I think There's the, I, games. I, the idea, like, but it's ultra cheap though, and the idea is open like source for thirty five dollars. You got old games laying yeah. around, I'm sure. Well, and that's actually <laughs> what the the Ouya's sort of uh, is a highlight is is that Ooh, it's just yeah. a, a great emulator. It's just a little box that you can throw like an N64 emulator on and a SNES and a NES and a Genesis and put the entire game collections of all of those onto the Ouya and then just load okay, it up on your HDTV, right? No cool. more fumbling around with old systems. That's kind of what their angle was, but also open source that people will develop stuff for it, okay. new peripherals, make right. games for it. Because the Android market's open, right? As opposed to the iTunes market where you have to get all sorts of approval, right. you can just make something and put it on the Android platform without anybody's approval. Really? Yeah, so all sorts of game developers now could develop something for the Is there Ouya. a Tinder for Android? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think know. so. I'm just like, uh, I don't, it's they, not they must get that. dirty and controversial if there's I, no approval. I don't right? think, yeah, As yeah, soon yeah. as people have no roof on top of them, they're going to fucking grow a tree. Right? Oh, absolutely. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a weirder market than the iTunes. And you see, you <clears> see a bit more of the weird, like, just knockoff games. Um, you know, because... Uh, the whole thing is like you can't patent functionality in a game like you can't patent a game's mechanics so with something like flappy bird on the android market you'll see 100 different variations on that exact same game and the original flappy bird and like flappy bird 6000 and like flappy cat flappy mouse blah 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 and they're all yeah they're all just like up there it's yes a bit less filtered but with that you also get like uh, just a bit more freedom and some of these game companies that develop I'm really like uh, I've been just gaming my whole life, and I was a big PC-based gamer growing up. Um, you know, so some of my earliest memories are with like old point-and-click adventure games from the mm. early '90s, and with my Maniac just, Mansion, some, Manic mm. Mansion, yeah, and uh, like a game called The Dig, which was super influential on me, and Sam and Max, and all these. Do you play the games. Donald Duck game? 
No, I don't think I ever Duck played Tales? a Donald Duck. No, no, no. Like game. pre-DuckTales, it was for the fucking Commodore 64. Creepy. Uh, yeah, it was one of my earliest game memories. Hmm. You got to be like Donald Duck, and you had to go like, uh, I think, like grocery shopping, and you'd have to like go and like help out a mechanic and do like these basic, simple little games. But one of them would be like running back and forth with a basket, catching like things as they fall. Jeez, that was your grocery shopping. That kind of reminds me. Did you ever play like the PC or Commodore version of uh, Mario Brothers before Super Mario Brothers? Oh wow, really? Did huh? you? Yeah. Did you ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, are Check you talking? Out. Are you talking about the weird, the weird Mario games like the Mario's weird missing Ma- and stuff like that? No, 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 no. It was it was like a, a an earlier version of Mario before Mario. 1 oh, the form. just the when you're jumping on the single screen and like yeah. trying to collect the coins. Yeah, yeah, that's the classic arcade version of mm. Mario, right? Like, Oh, uh, before you had a whole world, he would just and yeah, it was just Mario and the Mario color palettes, yeah. which would become Luigi jumping around on static screens, yeah, yeah. bouncing yeah. enemies so that they were upside down and then running and like they could hit each other. It was like yeah. first person to die loses, um, and you could like in subsequent Mario games, you can always play that yeah. like Mario three if you go on the same square. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like a that's a pretty classic, and it was been ripped off a million billion times that's one that's my earliest gaming your memory. earliest that's one. why Mario. that's why i came to there's a picture of me uh probably at like 94 maybe playing wolfenstein 3d mm. you know that's a very very young kid pro- who did not know what nazis were or what <laughs> hitler was had to do that. yeah and you know that's the first the first first person shooter ever and uh, my brother was obsessed with it and we played it a lot and it's like one of my earliest memories and some of the things that I tie to like my really early childhood is I can remember the first time I ever beat Sonic the Hedgehog 2 crystal clear the song uh, Sultans of Swing by <laughs> the Dire Straits was, was playing in the blasting background. over a cassette player wow. and I be- I was sw- I think that's the first time I ever broke a sweat that's cool <laughs> when you get Gold Sonic at the end yeah if you get all the chaos- I don't think I did that my first time I think I just beat the game vanilla and like didn't get the chaos I was so red getting that Gold Sonic that game holds up so cool. hard Sonic 2 like I bet against e- almost anything else I play it's just like that has the replayability it's like the yeah, it's such 3, a fluid game yeah Mario 3 and Sonic 2 as, like, just gem pieces of that era of game. Yeah. Just such perfectly designed, replayable, hard, always hard. Like, as good as you get at Sonic 2, there's always, like, mistakes that you make, and it's just, like, always fun to go back and replay it. Yeah. And I've games, seen, games aren't hard anymore, are they? Like, anybody um, can beat any it game. It depends. They just take a while. They have difficulty settings. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. More intricate difficulty settings. People, the, the idea of casual gaming... Um, since the the early '90s has become the dominant strain of gaming, and I'm like, you know, I try not to to babble on too much about this, but uh, it used to be that people weren't afraid of puzzles in games, and they weren't afraid of like uh, the plot not advancing if they couldn't like get a puzzle, and that's like a good thing. I feel like all those old point and click adventures I played. Um, when I spent a week not knowing what I was supposed to be doing or and getting, not being stuck able, getting stuck, getting is- stuck only good in that when you get unstuck you feel Amazing. such a huge rush yeah you You're get like, a, wow a i can't gr- believe i got past that part. a great endorphin rush and it feels like now with a lot of major titles it's all just about like gratification just like epic gratification mm-hmm. without any of that like delayed gratification which mm. is the actual good stuff like your brain wants to solve puzzles like when you do crosswords and sudoku and shit like that people get addicted to that in the morning because it gives them 
like endorphins. It's not just uh, they like it. It's not like they like doing Sudoku's. Their brain is responding to solving these like basic logic puzzles by giving them like a re- on a reward system, right? Just rewarding them for doing that. That's when you trippy. play hard games and you play puzzle games and you really think about uh, and it's you know intrinsically attached to the plot. Where you're, you care about the character, you care about the situation, and you're at this point where just something has to change. You have to put something somewhere else. It's a very like, you know, organic thing where you're just trying to figure it out. And then when you finally do that rush and that satisfaction you get, you don't get that kind of thing from something like Call of Duty where you just run around and shoot people. And you just get better and better and better and better at that mechanic. You master that mechanic and it all just becomes muscle memory. It's not about like really complex thinking or logic it's all just like you you know that people come around that corner and you know that you have to press this button mm-hmm. and that button to kill them you know it's very very reactionary and not very like thought based but now with the indie game market it's completely changing again because all the people who love puzzles, puzzles. they're not squashed out by the big companies who need to make fucking hard bang and action games right. they can make games and put them out in the indie market and have them be successful that's good yeah have you guys ever made puzzles I wonder how difficult it is to reverse engineer them. I usually make crossword puzzles, but just with like a website. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't really count. I wonder for more complicated things, like how difficult was it to invent something like a Rubik's Cube? You know, and do you have a big pile of of things that you thought would work that never really caught on? And there's, if you go on YouTube, there's a lot of like people who have been trying to invent like the next best Rubik's Cube and inventing really right, super right. complicated ones where they're like spheres inside of big squares and like everything moves on its own axis. It's crazy. Some people are very, uh, yeah. very interesting, uh, interesting minds to come up with that kind of thing. What was that? Sure. I think uh, going back to um, the gaming, the indie gaming console you're talking about. Right. The Ouya. Uh, the Ouya. Um, I think they were saying they're porting that chess two game into it. It's going to be one of chess two. Oh, they made a sequel. Some guy wrote a sequel to chess, where he added new, new armies pieces. and different moves. And it's stuff supposed like to be that. really, really balanced and cool. good. Like add a new layer to the game. Yeah, he kind of he kind of turned it into um, StarCraft a little bit. Like there's uh, a third army that has different different moves. Yeah, yeah. So it has a whole new level of difficulty. Yeah, I've, I I feel like that's been a that was a kind of a Star Trek. Um, trope where anytime they needed to sort of establish that like this is really is the future um, people are always playing like a three-dimensional chess where it's like a board here and a board here and a board here they're like stacked vertically and they're like playing up and down and like killing each other and then like it feels like you know there's no rules they're just kind of doing it uh, but yeah this is the future now we have chess on three boards and it's three-dimensional oh, change really? it up <laughs> huh. that's interesting it's super similar to the star wars holographic kind of chess i think that they saw the one and then they kind of wanted to do their rendition of it yeah it has to be something like that you know something that says smart people but also (laughs) sci-fi trying try the the classic sci-fi trope of trying to connect with the generation by putting something that couldn't possibly be 
uh, like common vernacular in the future. Like in Star Trek, they constantly reference books from the 20th century. They're just talking about Moby Dick all the time, but it's supposed to be like the 23rd or 4th century, hundreds of years in the future, and there yeah, hasn't been Beowulf. any other significant literature right. to replace that, right? Like they're always trying to and they also, they, pander. Yeah, they're headed into a future where they're definitely going to be more culturally sophisticated than than here. It's like, why? Why can't like Picard just be like a fucking you know, greaser or like be into rockabilly music or, you know, they touch on that. Uh, Not so much in next generation, but in the kind of terrible continuation in Voyager, they, uh, one of the, one of the characters is just like oddly obsessed with the 1950s and with cars and like FM radio and stuff like that. There's no reason for somebody that far in the future to be that indoctrinated in like an era that they couldn't possibly connect to. Like we can barely connect to the 1950s in any right. significant way. Like we can't, I mean, we can only look at pictures and like talk to people who lived through it. We don't really get a, uh, a true, a true appreciation for it. How could we, especially when we see everything in black and white instead of in color. Yeah, and I guess maybe the argument could be that that far in the future it'd sort of be like anthropological. Yeah. Like it'd be like looking back on ancient civilizations for us. I yeah. was I was tripping out the other day thinking about how strange it's going to be for this generation that's growing up will be the first generation where they don't have archival photos. Where like when you see a little mm-hmm. picture of yourself as a baby, it doesn't right. look like it's weathered right. or ancient in any way. They're going to grow up hand. with like a perfect documentation of their entire life. Yeah. In perfect HD quality. In Facebook. On Facebook. And on Facebook. Yeah. Timeline. Yeah. It'll be a very strange, that's surreal very kind of thing to be able to see your life advance in HD and in color. How do you think that's going to affect memory? Because I feel like memory yeah, is such a, a fantastical thing. And, like, you fill in details that your brain can't really remember. And, like, you always look back on memories more fondly than you would if you had all the gritty, like, minute-to-minute details. But it feels like with all this HD photography and videos and like Twitter and stuff like that, you're gonna get a crazy like minute by minute. Yeah, and wouldn't it be minute. wouldn't it be intense? Like you can imagine how you remember on Minority Report, like the one kind of moving scene was that he was constantly watching old home videos with like his dead kid. Yeah, you know that would be fucking crazy if instead of going to a cinema where you watch somebody else's story of sadness or whatever in order to empathize and feel bad you could watch your own life past events over you know that were recorded through your google glass or whatever where you say like you know i'm feeling really down today i want to kind of reminisce and instead of watching a movie a fiction you can watch your own tragedies and stuff in the past or a a day that was just fucking amazing like you remember when you score with that girl and like you you felt like you were invincible for the next two days google glass especially you think about someone who who will willingly take Google Glass as, like, a part of their head and just, like, record stuff and, like, you know, not just have pictures of the party and memories of the party, but, like, moment to moment at the party of conversations. It's like the worst. If you really wanted, <laughs> if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to, you could catalog, catalog your German whole show. life. 
Yeah. You could attach a microphone and a camera to your shirt. I just hope the dinosaurs come back before we get so advanced that everybody has Google Glass. Oh, it's coming. You'd rather have the genetically reborn dinosaurs than the the Google Glass. For sure, yeah. That is kind of destroy us? Is that what you're hoping? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. He's he's banking on the dinosaurs to kill us all. Okay, that's no I feel like that's the natural order of things. It's us, then the dinosaurs, then us, then the dinosaurs. Forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Holy shit. Are you insinuating that there has been a previous human civilization that invented the dinosaurs and then they died out and then dinosaurs i just i just feel like that'd be cool though they're just frozen in the in the polar caps and eventually they're gonna wake up kill us all (laughs) out of anger and then they're gonna take back the planet and then you know in a few uh thousand years people will invent fire again and we'll drive them off the side of cliffs and then we'll start building and the whole cycle will complete. Yeah, that's nice, actually. I like that yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a kind of a beautiful fate for Earth. Yeah. Way yeah. better than us just blowing it up with yeah. nuclear you weapons. You should be a heretic. You should go down to that fucking creationist <laughs> museum that they're building with the cavemen walking with dinosaurs. Oh, man. And, amazing. And so start good. going in there and saying, like, I'm with you, but you got it wrong. There's a whole other fucking... Yeah onion layer of this thing so, where the humans used to be the ones so, that grew the dinosaurs in the first place and then they went extinct and the dinosaurs took over and then the humans awesome, came yeah. back so i think the i think that creationist <laughs> place is getting closer to christians who are just willing to um i kind of want to go there and i'm not a christian the real ark yeah to go about? visit the real ark right. and go visit the uh oh no for sure the well, dinotopia museum yeah, i think that would awesome. be a funny vacation to yeah, get out of so like, like, kansas <laughs> or wherever it is yeah. i feel like one yeah, of the, one of the awesome. problems is always that like as long as he doesn't have real animals and as long as it's all animatronic it, yeah oh. it's all it's all puppets it's <laughs> all, all puppets. it's all uh yeah. disney theater that would be great like get rid of sea world Give all the new money to fucking this guy in his arc. It's way more entertaining than seeing poor killer whales. Like, it's way funnier. Bad tubs. For it's way sure. funnier. Yeah. And all of the all of the cavemen, they have uh, terrible mannequins with bad wigs. Yeah. And they're kind of in awkward poses, yeah. running from T Rex and stuff. How come there's no mannequins of like old cave people that have the like uh, modern sixty year old man like? male pattern baldness like, yeah because the they bald didn't live that here. long they didn't live that long chromag so, man had a 30 to 40 year lifespan they died before they ever had a chance they went to bald they, yeah, Lucky they went bald they just died of yeah. crazy illnesses and shit like that that they couldn't possibly deal with yeah because you get you get a, a lab rat old enough or whatever and they start to lose fur and get lose muscle but it doesn't happen to just old people like some you know 40 year old oh, 40 yeah, or 50 year old men are yeah, totally bald yeah. on top but gene- genetically at that point uh we were still closer to the monkeys. We were probably I think much, chimps go much bl- hairier. Chimps go we were... bald. They're just very dark skinned, so it's hard to see. Yeah. yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I think that's a good note to wrap it up on. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the marvels of male pattern baldness. Uh, next time on. We're going to have to start at uh, kind of seven sharpest the next time around. Yeah, yeah. Getting our we shit. Can go, we can definitely getting go through our shit together. <laughs> All right. The new gold standard. Well, thanks for listening, Uh everybody. Uh Thanks for listening.